are live. Welcome everybody to the show. We are your host Chase and Miles. Yo, we are at the Lucky Duck. Miles, who do we got on today? All right, today our guest is uh, another OG Florida Whoa. man. Guys, what? What is going on? Yo, here? yo, sorry, dude. Get I the just, fuck out of my seat. You, you weren't sitting here before, so I just doing? thought I just thought I could. Oh, I literally. Should, just, I could do it. Notice I could, that. Did, could you not tell the difference? No, you're both like really brown. I could it's like dark in here. I, it's, are you sure you want to do this? No, you I, do it. Okay. All right. <laughs> <too much> pressure. <laughs> sorry, folks. We had a little bit of a mix-up. It seems that Russell just crashed the podcast a little bit. No yeah. worries. Miles, uh, the real Miles, who do we get on today? Finally. Today, our guest is another OG Florida man. We met him all the way back in high school. From there, we kept in contact, catching up year after year. In the past few years, he's been living in St. Louis, attending chiropractic school, and living with his amazing girlfriend and pet dogs. He's one of the most positive and energetic people I've ever met. This is AJ. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the show, yeah. my friend. I'm very happy to be here. Now, for all you listeners, we just want to wish you a Merry Christmas. This isn't, uh, it's not Christmas yet here, but we're releasing this on Christmas. So um, we are drinking some spiked eggnog. Uh, AJ is not. No. Because he doesn't like eggnog. No, I don't. That's a sacrificial sin. Uh, it's okay. You, you don't like drinking eggs? in the comics. Yeah. Seems weird. Yeah. He's um he's drinking uh, Oscar Blues Dale's Pale Ale. It's a local brew. Very really good. good. Very good. Um, AJ actually brought us some beer from St. Oh, Louis. Oh, true. It's pretty nice. What did you bring, uh, AJ? Uh, so this is my favorite local uh, brewery in uh, St. Louis, and it's called Schlafly. Schlafly. Uh, yeah, Schlafly. That's a cool name. Yeah, they're a really cool spot. Um, so that's a German brewery then, like German inspired. Yeah, so it's owned by a German. Um, okay. Nice. Yeah, it was. Nice. Yeah, a guy I work with Germans. No, apparently from the story they told, and I'm probably gonna get it wrong, but this like the most I remember. A lawyer who lived in St. Louis met someone who immigrated from Germany to America. Okay, and then they formed it together, and now it is what it is today. Nice, nice. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So, um, what are you doing here? This wasn't. This was kind of like last minute planned. It seemed like, or oh. at least. Uh, um, Russell hit me up uh, a little last minute. Didn't even tell me you guys are coming through town. How dare you? Yeah. So please explain what's going on. What you By the way, doing? Russell was on uh, one of the last pod. In fact, the last podcast. I think so. No, he'll be on a future one. I think. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's good. Um, yeah. So just real quick for us to get this out of the way, Russell and I are terrible at remembering who we have as friends <laughs> that we can invite on things to do. Uh, so. It never even crossed our minds that like, oh yeah, we're gonna be driving by Denver because Russell also thought that from St. Louis to Jackson Hole, Wyoming was only eight hours. Oh, nice. Yeah, he thought that for a solid like two weeks until I told him like three days before we were supposed to do everything. He has the geography like, ah, nice. knowledge of like a second grader. Yeah. He's yeah. like, We're in Kansas yeah. now? What? Yeah. <laughs> so um so we just completely spaced it. And then, you know, we were just plotting out the route and everything like that. And then we were just like, oh, you know, we, we should just stop in Denver for the night. And then he's like, yeah. oh, well, let me hit up Chase, see if he wants to uh, see if he wants us to come over, say hi, you know, because of everything going on currently because of COVID. And yeah. then and the podcast was born. Yeah. Now we're here. Boom. Yeah. Nice. Welcome. Yeah, we're actually really excited to have you on because um, 
you have a pretty interesting life story, and uh, yeah, everyone says that. I don't know. I I always you Is always tell me some things, or, and I'm okay. <laughs> no, you always I'm, tell I'm me snippets uh, or like anecdotes from your life, and yeah. I'm just like, what the. F- what the fuck? Like that's not normal, man. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. So, um, yeah. yeah, let's let's kind of get into that a little bit. What's tell us your life story. from the beginning? Oh, oh yeah, beginning. where you're born. Oh, that's it's okay. I'll, I'll it all hit. started with my mom yeah. and my dad. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> no, that's actually a story in itself. But uh, so I grew. I was born in Omaha, Nebraska, uh, and I lived there until I was about four. And um, my parents never like had a stable relationship my dad and my mom both abused substances whether it was alcohol or uh crank which is like a me a mix of crack and speed mm. nice. so my mom would like do that and then it's actually really funny my mom would do that with uh my aunt okay she would come over my aunt joy and they were super funny they no, they would do the crank and my cousin and i we would go to sleep and i had a race car bed I was like three at the time and they were just jacked up. So they came into my room and reorganized everything. And then the next morning I woke up freaking out because I was like, my race car bed moves. <laughs> so I, I ran into yeah. the room, like made a big deal. Um, so, That's awesome. Yeah. So, but you know, my parents abused drugs and their relationship was just not a good one. Yeah. And my mom was trying to overcome like hard drugs. Uh, this is before she started drinking heavily. So my grandfather uh, told her to come move to Florida where mm-hmm. he lived. So at r- pretty much like two months before I turned five, uh, we went to Florida. Mm-hmm. So do you remember Omaha at all? Yeah. Besides I, the race car bed? Yeah, no, I've been back to Omaha a lot because mm-hmm. majority oh. of my family still lives there. Oh, okay. Yeah, so um, nice. yeah, uh, I was just in Omaha like a month and a half ago. But, uh, yeah, so my, yeah, so we moved to Florida and we were there for a little while. And, uh, and then my, uh, Papa decided to, sorry, for my fifth birthday, he decided to send me to Disney world. So we went to Disney world and my dad came down for that. And that was like the first time I saw him in like two months because he ended up staying in Nebraska because they were kind of like taking a break Yeah, from the drugs and the relationship. Yeah. From the relationship, they should have just taken a permanent break, but you know. And it is what it is. Uh, so then my dad ended up moving to Florida uh, with my brother and my sister and then also with their mom. So they came down and they lived here for a little while and my parents were still dealing with like their own stuff. Mm-hmm. And then at like 12 years old, they were like, okay, well, we're going to like finally separate. And I was like, thank God. Yeah. <laughs> like, finally. I'm sure that wasn't easy, like growing up with your, your parents dealing with all that bullshit and going through the struggle of trying to cope with a, a fragile relationships. It seems like, yeah, you know, it's, it's actually really interesting. Uh, I think it's like hitting me harder now mm. that like I'm an adult, but like as a kid, I didn't really like pay attention to it too much. I was just like, Oh, this is like my life. Especially overall. since it started when, I mean, from what you can remember what five, well, I mean, not to get old. like too heavy for you guys, but like my first like actual physical memory is my parents getting into like a physical fight. Oh. And my dad like beating her up and down a hallway because my dad would get blackout drunk and then my mom would get really mad at him and then start hitting him mm. and he's blacked out. Yeah. So recipe for disaster. Absolute disaster. So, um, but yeah, no, I was just like, you know, this is my life, you know, and I, I also like got really lucky 
or blessed or whatever you want to call it because my grandfather did really well mm-hmm. uh, money-wise. So I didn't ever, like even with all of the problems that my parents were having, like I never went without financially mm-hmm. until later. But so I never had to really worry about that. So I think that kind of helped in the early years. Um, so then, yeah, we moved there. They finally broke up uh, after, you know, many other fights and just bullshit after bullshit. Uh, so they did that and I'm about 12. And then, so my dad stayed in Florida for about another two years. And then he moved back to Nebraska with my sister. So, uh, then I didn't go, I didn't see my dad for probably like four years. Wow. Uh, because my mom's like really spiteful. Yeah. Like, Were you my close to your dad? Really like bad, you guys talk or what? Were you close to your dad? Oh yeah. At that no, time? my my yeah. dad was like my best friend. Okay. Yeah. So like, um, yeah. So my dad was like my best friend. We were really close. Uh, we would like, you know watch movies all the time. Yeah. Uh, watch football, like everything like that. Like Huskers football. Yeah, Huskers oh, football. Of nice. course. We would do. Yeah, we would do everything together. You know, we always had a great time. Like he, like my dad was abused as a kid, which carried over into his life, which is why he had his problems. Mm-hmm. So he was like really good to me and to my brother and to my sister, you know, as good as he could be dealing with an addiction. Uh, So I always had fun with him and I always wanted to live with him like long term. And now looking back, I can understand like why it wasn't good. And my brother did live with him his whole life. And it kind of took my brother's childhood because Mm -hmm. my brother would like give up going to friends' houses or doing things with his friends to make sure my dad didn't like drink and vomit in his sleep and die. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So... Did you um, ever talk to your dad about the issues that he oh, had with your mom and stuff like that w- oh, during that time when you were younger? Oh, yeah, absolutely. So mm. my parents were like open book with me and they would always just mm. tell me exactly what's going on. And my mom was like spiteful. So like she would get into an argument with my dad. And she's like, well, now you can't go see your dad for a week. So like mm. I would be like, oh. so then it kind of made me resent my mom. Yeah. Even though because it was just, you know, bullshit on the reason she didn't want me to go. Right. Um, and. You know, so it was just dealing with all that petty stuff. And, like, he would talk to me all about it all the time. He's like, you know, I'm really sorry that you're in this situation. He's like, I wish I could be better. And I wish your mom could be better. But we just are who we are right now. So, and, and everybody who I was around as a young kid was also addicts. So, being around addicts, like, my entire life, I have, a, I guess, a comfort with them. Or, like, an understanding to mm-hmm. where, like, I don't look at them... Like you don't judge them as hard. Well, yeah, it's not even like judge. It's just like I do feel like comfortable around them, and like I understand them. Yeah. So like I don't like I can't get mad at somebody for dealing with something that's no longer in their control. Mm-hmm. In the sense of like, you know, it's hard to explain without having addiction, and a lot of people are like, "Oh, you just need to stop." Like it's that easy, and it's just like it's really not, especially sure. when you don't get to the root of why you drink or why you do drugs and all these other things uh, because you're not really dealing with the problem. Mm-hmm. So you're using when, drugs to kind of skate around. Yeah. And it's, and it, it all becomes like some conscious. Um, but yeah, so like, but now in like my later life, I'm starting to notice how those addictive personalities and like uh, just that whole entire environment I was around, like that it's kind of like negatively affected me overall in the sense of like, I am not an alcoholic but I have like a food addiction mm-hmm. overall. So like I use food as like comfort. Cause like, I guess my life was just so out of control as a kid. The only thing I could control is what I was eating, things like that. So, 
Um, so like I've been dealing with that and like just trying to realize that. And then also like, I think I'm having, I don't want to say PTSD cause I feel like that does disrespect to like real people who've gone through like aggressive trauma, but I do feel that I'm having like residual anxiety mm. problems from it. Now mm. this also could just be stemming from the fact that like I haven't been financially stable since I was like 14 when my grandfather died, but still like, like three years ago I broke down in the middle of Walmart. Oh, you know, wow. like not to get like super into mental health and stuff, but no, it's fine. Yeah. We've no, done like, mental health yeah, on so, the podcast. Yeah. So I, I broke down in like a Walmart and that was like the first time I've cried since I was like 11. Wow. Yeah. Like, so like just out of nowhere, it hit you like you're, yeah, feeling, you know, like, I was in an argument with my mom. She was just being ridiculous because my mom has like undiagnosed bipolar disorder mm-hmm. and she won't, especially with her drinking before. Cause she's 12 years sober now, wow. which is kudos nice. to her, Congrats yeah. to your mom. obviously. And she does a lot to support me, especially now that I'm in school. Um, so, like, without her, I wouldn't really be able to do majority of the things that I do, mm-hmm. such as, like, pay rent or come on this trip or, you know, <laughs> eat. Sure. Yeah. So, um, you know, but she does have her own problems. And we have, like, a history, so I get upset at her very easily and, you know, lash out. And so it's just not a good mix sometimes. But yeah, she was just doing that. So in the middle of the Walmart, I just got really upset and just, it just happened. Yeah. So, but hmm. yeah, to get back to my dad, he moved away. I didn't see him for like four years. And then my mom actually ended up going to jail because she was on probation Whoa. for 15 years for uh 15 year probation. Yeah. Oh it sounds God. bad, but she actually got really lucky. So instead of doing a year of federal, being in a federal penitentiary, Uh, She got 15 years of probation, and then after it's all done, it gets wiped away. Uh, She was, yeah, she was part of an embezzlement, not in the sense that she was doing it. She just knew it was happening, and the lady gave her money off the top. My mom hasn't always made the best decisions. My grandfather spoiled the shit out of her as a child, Mm. so it just grew into a monster. Mm -hmm. Right. So was was that also around when she was addicted to some of the? Mm, She didn't really. She didn't really actually start heavily drinking until my grandfather died. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of other stuff with that, but okay. Um, yeah, so she didn't really heavily drink until then, and then she just kind of fell off the deep end, and then that's like when we went homeless. But before we get there, so she went to jail for like two weeks, so I was by myself, uh, and I was like 15 at the time. In Florida? In Florida. Mm-hmm. And I was staying at a house that was near the Coastal Center Mall. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was like in those little park areas, pretty close to like Fleshman Park. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Naples, Florida. Yeah, Naples, Florida. Listeners. Yeah. So I was staying over there like by myself. And um, so she was away for like two weeks. And then she got released because it was for a violation of probation. So like your first violation, you only have to go away for a small amount of time. So she went away for two weeks. And then that two weeks was good for her because that's what started her becoming sober. And then the there were people who... Uh, there's another girl who lived in the house and her mom called DCF because I'm a 15 year old mm-hmm. kid. My mom is in jail. I'm living in a house. I don't know how I'm going to like pay rent. I don't have money for food type of deal. So she called DCF and then my mom got out of jail and then I got put on a bus to go back to Nebraska and I lived with my brother's mom, uh, Denise, who I call aunt niece, which I know is weird, but I was the youngest of, Everybody who was involved in our family and everyone called her aunt niece. So it was a lot easier for me to just also do that. Yeah. So are you the only sibling from your mom? 
Yeah, my mom's only child. And then you have a brother, half-brother, sister? Yeah, I have a half-brother, and then my sister isn't biologically related to me. Mm. Uh, She is my brother's daughter with another man. But she's my sister because I've known her my entire life. Wow. Basically, my dad adopted her. Uh, She's a whole other story, too. But either way, uh, so, yeah, so, um, so I go back to Nebraska, and I stay in Nebraska for about a year. And during this time, I get to like hang out with my dad again. But my dad's drinking guys has gotten really, 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 really bad to the point to where he went from somebody who's like my size, like 220 pounds to like 145. Oh, wow. Yeah. And he that's weird how he lost weight. Yeah. Well, I feel like he went jaundice three times. So his liver failed on him three times and then came back. Holy crap. Yeah. So (laughs) his yeah, his body was put through a lot of trauma. So he just ended up losing weight yeah. because he lost the weight in the hospital. And then when he came out, he couldn't give it. Wow. Yeah. So I was, you know, hanging out with him more, which was great, but he still didn't have his drinking under control. And it kind of got to the point to where he never was going to, like you kind of just see the writing on the wall. Yeah. So like I asked him many times, I was like, well, why, why do you like have to drink? Like I was like, like, cause if you drink, you're going to die. And then you're not going to be here for your grandkids. Like you're not going to be here, you know, for me and weddings, like all this other stuff. And he's like, he's like, I don't, I, he's like, I don't know what to do. He's like, I don't, I don't know what to tell you. He's like, I'm sorry. You know, things like that. Mm-hmm. And so at that point, like I kind of just like pretty much my dad died at that point mm-hmm. in the sense of like who he is, because then he just became a full blown like addict, like, for lack of a better phrase or anything like mm. what you would see as a crackhead on the street. Okay. So yeah. So he would still drink, like he was stealing like lawnmowers and like stuff like that from other people's houses to take it to a pawn shop to get booze money and stuff. Mm. So anyways, he kept drinking and then eventually lost his leg. I eventually moved back to Florida. Shit, he lost his leg from, yeah, because he became diabetic gotcha. from drinking mm-hmm. and then his continual drinking, he lost his leg. That so, was when you were living with your aunt? No, that's when I moved back to when Florida. When you moved back, right? Yeah, this is when I moved back to Florida. And then in How old were you when you moved back? It was only a year later, so I was oh, like okay. sixteen. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Uh, I was I was actually only gonna come back for a week because I really didn't want to come live with my mom because things were actually going really good uh back in Nebraska, like overall. And like my mom was just now freshly getting sober and I'd already been through all this with my dad. I was like, is this really gonna be something, you know? Like do I want to put myself going through like this type of thing again? And then I came back and I saw that she was actually doing really well. And I was actually in the airport to head back uh, with Russell. He was there to head back to Nebraska. And I was like, well, I just don't want to go. So then I just ended up staying here from here on out. Wow. In, yeah. In, in Florida. In Florida. Right. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Not Colorado. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah. So I just ended up staying there in Florida from there on out. But yeah, my dad's drinking just continued to be a thing. He ended up living with my brother for a little bit. And then that relationship, like he ruined that relationship as well, or being able to stay at the house. Yeah. So he did that. And then, you know, he lost his leg. And then he was living in homeless shelters wow. for pretty much the rest of his life. And then on like January 9th of 2015, he died in a McDonald's parking lot. Wow. Yeah, wow. His heart just stopped beating. That's crazy. Yeah. So, Sorry to hear that. Oh, first off, yeah. I didn't know that. No, it's yeah, okay. that's crazy. I didn't yeah, know no, that either. Um, yeah. So then, you know, obviously I went back to Nebraska mm-hmm. and 
I was there for, you know, he got cremated and we had like a whole thing. So that was, you know, really nice overall. Um, well, no, yeah. that doesn't sound nice. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> did, did you, so do you, did you kind of feel some closure when he, when he died or did it, was it worse for you? So I've always had a very like interesting relationship with death, right. Or with people like no longer like existing in the sense of like, I feel everything that needed to be said has been said. I've never really felt a, uh, like you left stuff. Yeah. Like I left stuff behind because I, I'm pretty open with people about like how I feel or, you know, uh, like who I am. You know, that's why I think, I think we all of us really appreciate your friend because you're authentic. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I try to be, uh, so I appreciate that. But so I've never really felt like there's anything left unsaid. Like my grandfather, I watched him get take on, taken off of life support when I was like 13. And this was after like his fifth heart attack and stuff like that. And I was wow. like, you know, my Nana was like, you know, we don't want to pull the plug. My aunt was like that. My mom was like that. And I was like, guys, like, what are, what are, what are you doing? You know, like, it's time to like just let go and like move yeah. on. So we did that, and then my nana unfortunately kind of just died of a broken heart. Oh, yeah. So she already was kind of having like early onset dementia, and then once he passed away, she just like let herself go. Yeah, I've heard that. It's a thing. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so she actually came to Columbia, Missouri, where my mom's sister lived, and you know lived out the rest of her days here at a retirement or re- rest of the days there at a retirement home. Um, but yeah, no, like my grandparents were awesome. I spent a ridiculous amount of time with them because of my mother's issues and stuff like that. Uh, and she also worked in restaurants. So a lot of times like my Nana would have to come pick me up from practice and, Mm. or, you know, I'd have to go stay at their house for a little while. So like, and my Nana was like a, like a, a gangster. So like I would get in trouble at school and like, I would do a lot of like sketchy stuff because I went to a private school and one time we would go to the, my mom would take me to school and we would go to a gas station before cause she would get coffee there and I got donuts. So I got glazed chocolate donuts and powdered donuts and I ate the chocolate donuts and I left the glaze or the uh, powdered ones in my pocket. And then about second period, I went into the bathroom and I was washing my hands. And then I like saw that something was in my pocket cause I forgot it was there and I saw it and I decided to take the donuts out and put it under my nose and then walk <laughs> out of the bathroom and do a deep inhale and just be like, whoo, let's go. And the dean of students was there. He's like, just go home. <laughs> so nice. uh, I love how you like you started that and you were like, because I went to private school or you said that, what would you say? You said I, I did a lot of stupid shit because yeah. I went to private school. Yeah. I wonder if there's something, something into that because I feel like uh, maybe because the whole stigma is like Catholic girls go crazy when yeah, they I'd, get released. Maybe it's like, there's a, there's a bit of, um, uh, I guess teenage angst that yeah. gets built up when yeah. you're kind of in I a strict I think it is because a lot of private schools are a lot more strict. Yeah. And yeah. When you're a teenager or whatever, don't you just want freedom. Yeah, yeah. the biggest the biggest problem with uh, private schools, especially religion-based mm-hmm. ones, mm-hmm. especially like Catholic schools is uh, they we went to a Catholic school, yeah. Yeah, they, they don't they don't talk to you about like I guess what they would consider taboo things. Yeah, Mm -hmm. true. And they don't talk to you about like how the real world works. They talk to you about how the Christian bubble works. Yeah. You know what I mean? And like, I grew up in an environment that none of these kids did. Mm. So, uh, and I just do things that I think are going to be funny. 
and literally maybe two people understood what I did when I got outside and one of them was the dean yeah. and the other one was just the only person who I hung out with at the school because we were kind of similar in backstory. Yeah. I wonder if the dean was like <laughs> Nice. Oh, <laughs> go proud of him. Yeah. We're actually, we're, but go home. We're we're actually friends now. Uh, his name's Mr. Byer, and he had oh. like a huge impact on me. Oh, uh, no my life. Yeah, no, oh. he helped me out a lot because I would get in trouble a lot. So he'd be the person <laughs> I would talk a, to. This was a family. private school in Nebraska. No, in okay. Naples. Which it was Royal Palm Academy. Oh, what? Did you guys go there? Yeah. When? What? Did you go in the trailers? Yes. Yeah. No way. What the fuck? Wait, when did, wait, when <laughs> you were in a cult? <laughs> Literally, that school was run by a cult. We have a whole podcast on this. Yeah. Oh, yeah? No, you're good. Uh, it's called uh, yeah, the, the Legionnaires Jesuits. of Christ. Yeah. 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 So, um, it's a cult. That's, yeah, 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 yeah. They that got, is they got in trouble for, you know, yeah. fucking kids the most. Yes. Yeah. Yes. No, uh, I know. Father yeah. Marcel is the leader, was the leader. He died in... Um, was like excommunicated um yeah, in yeah. fact we're having my dad was um one of like the founding members of royal well, then do you guys remember mr buyer i, I, I was too young. he was the really really we, so tall we went there when we were when in like first grade when oh, like the very God. first oh, so it I was, was middle school. it was um yeah, so you went after we did, so it must. Oh, cause oh, we actually, went, hold on. I went there when Royal Palm first opened up, not at the location off of Pine Ridge. Okay, the new very, one. Yeah, that's the new one. Did we yeah, ever go to the new one? Pine Ridge? I don't no. think we did. No, we did. No, yeah, we I went to that very to... first one as well. I got kicked out of there. Did you really? Yeah, for what? I was dyslexic. The... No, no, I no. <laughs> They're like, we don't like dyslexic. No, 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 no. I was dyslexic and I had ADHD, and no one. They like my teacher didn't like accept it, and like they were just like he. There's something wrong with him. He can't oh. be here, and I would just act up in class all the time. Yeah, because um, fuck that bitch. So yeah. my dad helped. Um, so uh, I'm trying to remember his name. Something more. Michael. No, was it not Michael? The, Moore. the dean of students <laughs> at, at the first time Royal Palm was there. That dude was a jackass no we're talking he about was, someone else oh, yeah there was there was a guy his last name was i know his last name was Moore, and um he was the one essentially putting up the money for the school and mm. stuff and my dad was pretty close it was a tight-knit group of adult friends yeah. and that kind of like helped run the school um and uh yeah my dad ended up like exposing mm all of the crazy shit yeah because your dad's a cop that was right? going on yeah yeah and mm -hmm. so he saw Sick. what was going on wait did I anyone would, get like touched at our school i don't school? think so we didn't i didn't no, for I didn't. sure no i didn't um but all the all the priests like from my experience yeah. the priests i met and the brothers and stuff they were super nice yeah and, like, like i like never everybody felt was unsafe nice. yeah um, yeah i'm sure a lot of the people who were not heads of the organization were goes. just you know like they're just there yeah doing doing yeah. what they think is right so yeah. my uh my dad's going to be on the podcast next year um that sounds like a long time but it's like in a month um and he the one of the things that we're going to talk about is kind of like that story from beginning to end oh dude. um so i'm really excited to hear he was um there's books written on this like oh, the okay. legionnaires of christ and like mm -hmm. Um, he's he mentioned a bunch of schools. Yeah, they. Um, so Royal Palm is br is briefly mentioned in that book, and my dad's actually named um, as one of the people that helped um, expose all the corruption behind this. Not just like the school, but like um, the Legionnaires of Christ and how like weird it was, and like uh, how he started seeing reports about child molestation yeah. and uh, with the head of that organization and stuff. So he like brought that to the. 
I don't know. I'm butchering the story. Yeah, I, don't, I, don't wanna... I think it was like he had kids. Yeah. And priests don't have kids. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah, um, weird. That's awesome because I, I used to have a problem with that, like at the school. Like I would talk to Mr. Byer about that. I'm like, you know, like how can we, you know, be here at like this school? Like when I would just be raging because I was upset mm-hmm. because I would tell him about the problems with my mom yeah. and stuff like that because I, I didn't have any real other like male to talk to besides my, my grandfather. But like, you know what I mean? Like that's his daughter mm. type of deal. Yeah. But yeah, no, he, uh, Mr. Byer helped shape me for sure, uh, okay. into like who I am today and like helped me get set on like a better path on like, you know, I can do different if I choose type of deal. And it was something that I really needed to hear. And that's pretty much like a theme through my life is like, I've had like a lot of, you know, bullshit to deal with and like a lot of like trouble and like all this sort of stuff. But I've been like, just constantly overwhelmed with like super awesome people that come across like in my life. Like I've never really ever been hung out to dry in mm. the sense of like, I don't have someone to go to. Okay. So, uh, and Mr. Byer was for the three years that I was there was pretty much like my rock to where like if I needed to talk to an adult, like I was just having a really bad day. Yeah. Like he always made time for me. That's so nice. I, I always, wonder if we ever like cross paths. Yeah, I don't know. Probably not, but no, because you you you're what? How old are you? I'm 28. You're 28, so yeah. I'm 27. We might have. You might have been in the first. I think it was you might like have, first because grade, the class was like first, first grade second. and second grade was yep. in the same building. Yep, I was in. I remember that. Would that be and crazy. I went, <laughs> would be. I went for first. We should see. I went by grade. Gorham back then. So I would have gone okay. for. I don't know. Kindergarten. Yeah, it could have been. I don't remember. So I barely weird, remember. I feel that like place. we just met another survivor or something. <laughs> like, that's the vibe I'm getting right now. That's yeah. crazy. Um, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah, no. You're so, from Nebraska. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm really, I'm really happy because uh, they actually they put out a statement. Royal Palm Academy is like doing their own thing now. They put out a statement about how they're no longer you know with the Legionnaires. Hmm, and that's good. All that stuff. So they're still a standalone school and stuff like that, which is good because the people there are really good, like overall. So, yeah. It. It's always like a majority of those people have well intentioned. Mm-hmm. Just like in any cult or any like, like Scientology, I'm sure a lot yeah, of the a people, lot of those are, people are good just, people. Yeah. I'm not yeah. Catholic now because I just I don't yeah. like agree with their views on life or they're just like overall yeah. ide- uh, ideology, right? Like Yeah, it's just it's sure. yeah. too much overall. As yeah, I'm sure you guys I, know. I'm just I'm just baffled that that is still a thing mm-hmm. the legionnaires of christ i'm i'm baffled <laughs> that. shame shame on the people who are still in involved in that oh well, yeah honestly yeah. i'm i'm baffled that you know priests are still allowed to do Gee. what they do like not even just with legionnaires but i'm talking about like yeah. at the roman you know in rome and yeah a lot of that's been exposed Spain. recently but yeah, there does, was a it doesn't thing in Colorado. i don't know if you saw but there was a big report that came out in the denver post about um like 72 priests in Colorado over the last, like since the seventies have like touched like over a thousand kids or something. Well, it's like the that. same thing that happened in Boston. Yeah. I mean, they made a movie right. about that, it, that, right? yeah. spotlight. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's the same thing. Like that happened and they just moved priests around. Yeah. Yes. You yeah. know? And it's like, but then you also have something like Jeffrey Epstein that exists. Yeah. So like you're, you know, like you can't stop something that happens here when it's still happening, like over here. Right. Because there, there's no difference between them. The only difference is, is that 
it's just so much worse. One when is yeah. friends with Bill Clinton, and yeah. the other is not. Right. I don't know if they were friends. I, I, I don't know. <laughs> he wrote on the plane like twenty six times. No, I know, but I don't think they were friendly. No, probably not. Yeah, because there was a very the painting. Yeah, they yeah, were very I intense painting. That. So I don't think they were very friendly. No. They um. I think the difference is that uh, Jeffrey Epstein, I don't think ever uh, pretended to be. That's what I mean. You know, your friend, good yeah. person, but the priest is like the guy who you can talk to, mm-hmm. and it's that, like Santa yeah, Claus that, molesting that, that give that that totally. parents trust, mm-hmm. uh, and that's like people who are religious. That's mm-hmm. their rock in life, mm-hmm. yeah. and so if you you have someone who's a leader in your faith, then. Uh, that's like the ultimate trust you can put in them yeah. to take care of your kids. And so to me, that's a much more evil type of, uh, not that what Jeffrey Epstein did was horrible. That's horrible as well yeah. and evil, but a much more evil thing to do, I think. Is um, to just betray a child's exactly. trust. Yeah. yeah, it's crazy. I mean, the big the big fallacy of uh, religion is that it's run by humans and they're ultimately flawed and there's going to be corruption in yeah. any denomination. People yeah, like I take I, advantage. Yeah, I try to be like the nicest person that I can, but like I'm still an asshole at a lot of like aren't moments. we all? Yeah, yeah, like ask Jasmine. Hello, Jasmine. <laughs> love of my life. But yeah, so yeah. I love you, baby. Yeah, <laughs> but um, oh, what is it? Wife check. Yeah, <laughs> wife check. No. Uh, so yeah, um, but anyways, to get back to my nana being like just a straight up gangster is I got in trouble for that. And like, it was a big deal. This is like, back to the donut thing. Right? Yeah. Back to the donut. Yeah. thing. Sorry. Yeah. I got in trouble for that. And it was like a big deal. Like Mr. Byer was like very upset. He's like, he's like, you, he's like, I understand like what you've seen and like all this other stuff. But he's like, you can't subject these kids here to that. He's like, it's my job to like make sure they're safe. And you know, they're not subjected to that like type of deal. And, it got the uh, president of the school involved and like all this mm-hmm. other stuff. And so my Nana comes in because my mom's at work. So I always call my Nana and my Nana comes in and she's sitting in there and she's just like, I can't believe he did this. <laughs> she's like, you know what? No, she made it compelling. Like I thought I was going to get beat. <laughs> she was just like, this is not who we raised. This is not the grandson. I know she's like, this is just awful. And then she's like, we need to go now. And we get into the car and she hands me a granola bar and a banana and she's like so do you like want to go get other food or is this good enough and i'm like well, what are you gonna say to my mom and she's like oh don't even worry about it we'll be totally fine it's cool nice so yeah that's so, when your food addiction started exactly um yeah so that's crazy i wonder if i uh it'd be so funny if i i tell my dad about this or he listens like oh that's the cocaine kid <laughs> <laughs> it'd be amazing it'd be amazing because it's such a small campus there's mm-hmm. like not a lot of students that yeah. like if something like that happens it kind of gets around a problem yeah, yeah. no sure. i mean if he asked about like aj gorham <laughs> so or funny. if he asked like mr buyer he'll he'll definitely remember me and i've gone and talked to mr buyer like twice since i left the school hmm. uh you know before i left florida or before i moved to tallahassee and then before i left florida Really? On a more permanent basis to move to St. Louis, but does yeah. he still work there? Mm-hmm. Man, he has five kids. You know, wow. super Catholic type yep. dude, but yeah. he's a really solid guy and he did a lot for me. So that's awesome. But yeah, um, where were we before I got super solid? Granola and Nana bars. was a yeah. gangster. Yeah, yeah, Nana was a gangster. Oh, yeah, and then, straight up. Yeah, so I moved to Nebraska, came back. My dad died in 2015. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so then. Uh, so then I stayed, uh, like once my dad died, I was like, okay, like I really need to like stop 
fucking around and like do something with my life. I don't really know why, but it just kind of propelled me to do that. So then within that year, uh, wait, when did I move to? Yeah, it probably doesn't matter. Yeah, like I moved to Tallahassee, I think in like 2016, right before 2017. Yeah, because so, that was right after I left. Yeah. Hmm. So I moved there um, because I was like, I need to get the fuck out of Naples. So I literally moved there with my friend Dip. Uh, and I moved there in his Chevy Sonic. Nice. So I didn't bring a bed. I just brought a TV, my like Xbox, Xbox One, and my clothes. And I got all the way up there, and I didn't have a bed for like a solid two months, three months. Nice. Uh, while I was there. Do you remember I slept in your bed? Which one? In, in the uh, preserve apartment. Oh, you, you slept in that one upstairs? Remember? Yeah, I, I came to visit for something, and... Uh, you, I guess we're staying with Jasmine, mm-hmm. and uh, so your bed was free. Yeah, and, that's fine. Yeah, yeah, it was dope. Yeah. So I slept in your bed. Yeah, it was right. dope. Well, <laughs> Sleeping in your bed, Jasmine. but there wasn't much in your room. Yeah, <laughs> and it was no, very it clean. Yeah, I don't. I didn't. I didn't have anything, man. Like I. Oh, sorry. I slept on. So our friend Diego, uh, mm-hmm. he lived in the preserve as well. He had these huge like bean bag chair, like bean bag things that fold out into uh, into a bed. That yeah, it's like, called corduroy. Fun. Yeah, yeah. I slept on that. He let me sleep on that for the three months that three I didn't have it. Yeah. Oh so, man. Holy um, shit. So I slept on that. Uh, so that was really, you know, great of him. But yeah, so I shout moved, out to Diego. Shout out to Diego. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, so I moved to Tallahassee, and then I went to school at TCC for a year. And then I found out that Logan, uh, where I go to chiropractor school right now, they would allow me to finish my undergrad there because they had an undergrad online program. And nice. Jasmine just graduated school; she was ready to leave Tallahassee. I'm—I don't really care where I'm at. I just, you know, it doesn't really matter to me. You're so, like St. Louis. Here yeah, we come. Yeah, I can't believe she moved with me, to be honest. But <laughs> she didn't have any other plans yet either, so it was okay. But she has a lot of say in where we go next. For sure. Was it oh. was it your love for Budweiser? Yeah. Nice. That's yeah. what it was. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the Clydesdales. Yeah. Clydesdales for sure. It's the horses. Um yeah. But yeah, so we went, we moved there and, you know, I uh, finished up my uh, undergrad degree in life science and then I started the DC program uh, in May of 2019. What's a DC program? Oh, the Doctorate of Chiropractics mm-hmm. okay. program. So good, good segue into that let's do it yeah, yeah that's fine wait how so, do you how do you first how do you like st louis i've been there twice i went one time for work and then one time when sarah actually interviewed for the optometry school there oh slu is, is that what it is wash you one of them slu maybe wasn't yeah. her didn't our mom uh wasn't she born in st louis missouri she was definitely born in missouri mm-hmm. oh, okay no, cool. maybe springfield i don't know oh is it springfield springfield's the capital of missouri oh. hmm so Somewhere. you know your capital, sir. Yeah, Good yeah, for you. <laughs> so have you been in the arch? Uh no. I didn't go up in the it's really oh small. My God. I'm a big dude. I don't you can't know. fit. What? What do you mean? No, it's like really cramped. Uh, oh, Jasmine and her mom went up there and she was like, It's really cramped and it smells bad and like uh if I get into a I'm not claustrophobic, but if I get into a cramped space and it stinks, yeah, I don't want to be there. I get you. And I'll start to like freak. Okay. Also it has a huge line. We, yeah. We walked by. I didn't go in it. It depends on when you go. To be honest, true. Um, but yeah, and honestly, like I've been 
up really high before, so it's chill. <laughs> You're like, this ain't shit. Yeah. I don't oh, know why this like is a thing. Yeah, it's, it's not. It People in the Midwest. If you guys come, if, no, if you guys come to visit or whatever, we'll go up. You know, I'll, I'll go up. But like me, yeah. myself, like I don't. It's yeah, cool. It's I not something you, you want to do on your spare time. Yeah. Um, but St. Louis is like, okay. The city has really done like the people a disservice. Um, they've kind of ran that place into the ground. Hmm. Heard. Yeah. So kind of like if you there, go huh? if you go downtown, like there's more empty buildings than there are full. Is that because of uh, all the rioting and stuff? Nope. No? Nope. It's been like that since that's the number one reason that the Rams left. The city, like the government officials, I don't know if it's corruption or what, but they're terrible at spending money. Probably corruption. Most yeah. likely. The suburbs are really nice. So mm-hmm. I live in like a really decent area. Uh like Manchester Valley Park area is really nice. And then Chesterfield is like the like true suburbs. That's where like everybody who has a lot of money lives. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so. Um, so you don't spend a whole lot of time downtown? No, no. Yeah. I kind of just stay, you know, where I'm at. Uh, overall, we'll go into like St. Louis um, because Jasmine is vegan. And I used to be vegan and that's where all the vegan restaurants are. Mm-hmm. But there's not a lot. How long, were, how long were you vegan for? About five years, almost wow. just under five years. So you, uh, why the change? Um, so I, I'm working out like a lot now mm-hmm. and in order to meet my like protein intake that my body needs, I would have to consume like 5,000 calories a day. Wow. And that's just not sustainable. Yeah. Uh, financially speaking, or just me being able to eat that much food. Like I'm a big guy, but so you're eating meat now as well. Yeah. So I eat meat now. I mean, I don't eat cheese because I'm lactose intolerant and Mm -hmm. I have Crohn's. So it's not something that agrees with me overall. Yeah. What is Crohn's exactly? Can you, so Crohn's is an autoimmune disease that they know nothing about. Oh, great. It's a lot of most autoimmune diseases. So Crohn's is, uh, so IBS affects more of your colon and like your lower intestine or just your intestines in general, whereas Crohn's kind of will just pick any spot of your digestive tract and be like, this is where I'm fucking you up. And yeah. it's certain foods that irritate it? Or yeah. it's just so, random? Yeah, no, it's it's certain foods that irritate it. So I've kind of, I got really lucky because most people, or not most people, but a lot of people who have Crohn's will end up getting a colostomy bag. And if you don't know what a colostomy bag is, is you have to get a poop sack for lack of a better word. They That's what I thought so, it was, yeah. Yeah, so like if somebody, you know how people who are diabetic, they'll have to have their insulin injection site right there and then it'll pump. Right. Pretty much in the same area, you're going to get a colostomy bag that hooks into your intestines because you no longer have a colon Ooh. or any ability to Shit. process poop. And then they take it out because the inflammation is so bad. Yeah, is that what inflama- it is? like basically it just erodes. Uh, pretty wow. much like okay. you, you the inflammation just gets so bad that it just scars up so bad in there that if they don't take it out it's going to rupture yeah and then you're going to die because of that wow that's intense are you able to manage uh your symptoms yeah so i again like i'm lucky i don't have to take medicine uh or anything like that i was able to manage it just with diet yeah i heard like a elimination diets are really effective right yeah you just really i think the biggest thing you need to figure out when you have crohn's and again it's worse for everybody like for every individual you just have to figure out what your triggers are Mm. so uh like mine is like super heavy sugar or super heavy dairy or anything like that so i may not even really be lactose intolerant it could just be more of the crohn's but yeah i had to go on formula like a soy formula when i was a kid because i would get sick like when I was a baby. So they pretty much said I was lactose intolerant. And is, is Crohn's one of the 
uh, diseases that they can diagnose based off a test or is it like you have all of these signs so we yeah. we believe it's that since it's an autoimmune disease it's pretty much we believe it's that yeah, yeah. Uh, so I got diagnosed when I was 13 and it took them six months to actually diagnose me because Crohn's unlike IBS and all these other things usually doesn't affect people until later in life hmm. it's kind of like a breakdown okay autoimmune disease like the older you get stuff just stops working correctly and then now you have Crohn's. So, but I had it, and they just didn't. They didn't think my uh, my primary care doctor, my like who I went to, and I told him all the stuff. He's like, you probably have Crohn's, but you need to go to a specialist. I yeah. can't tell you you have that. So yeah, I went to specialists. They thought I had tumors in my stomach for a while that they weren't able to locate. Um, they thought that I had uh, ulcers. They thought that you know it was like a million other things they wanted to rule out first, and I was probably like a week and a half from starting chemo because they're like, we can't find it, but this is pretty much the only thing that you could probably have. And I woke up in the middle of the night and I went into the bathroom and I like vomited and also shit out blood. Oh, good. Yeah. So they took me to the hospital and they were just like, no, yeah, this is probably Crohn's. Yeah. (laughs) That's all it took. (laughs) Yeah. No, they just didn't want to believe it because I was so young. Yeah. And also the doctors in Florida, are not the best. I have the same experience because not with Crohn's, yeah. but I have a shitty doctor like GERD, uh, the basically acid mm-hmm. reflux real mm-hmm. bad. And, uh, and anytime I would go to a doctor, it was yeah. always like, stop smoking, yeah. which I didn't smoke, yep. lose weight. And I was yeah. like, I'm very skinny. Yeah. Um, and then like, don't wear tight clothes and all these things. And I'm like, I, I have something wrong with me, but yeah. I think a lot of them didn't believe it because I was so young mm-hmm. and it's just a lot more rare yeah. um, to have that kind of issue. And, uh, and even now I think like the last time I went to a specialist, mm-hmm. he, like, I don't know if he really believed my condition is, is, as like much as it actually is. And so I'm going to go again at some point, but Ooh, yeah, it's how old are you? 25, right? Uh, six, 26. Yeah. Right? Okay. So if you just like Google it yourself, GERD affects people from like 20 on, uh, because I'm doing this now for one of my classes, like my clinical reasoning class. And like one of the questions that we had to answer is like how to tell the difference between someone who has GERD and someone who's having a heart attack. Because actually the symptoms mm-hmm. that you have are very similar. Yeah. Right? But yeah, GERD actually, they from recent studies and science and everything, it actually happens in younger people as well. Mm-hmm. And I think unfortunately, older doctors who don't always keep up to date on research, mm-hmm. just kind of trust their gut, which that's what you go to a doctor for is their expertise. But sometimes it backfires and they don't yeah. want to believe patients because they're like, it's never happened before, so they can't now. <laughs> science is... Uh... Science is um, always changing. Yeah. Yeah. Gotta keep up with it. Mm. That's what they tell you before you go to medical school. And then you're like, well, fuck this. (laughs) Wait, I still have to study after this. (laughs) But what's nice is you get to study like actual things and you don't have to waste your time doing stuff that's not, uh, uh, you know, uh, algebra. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But yeah. And you know, you get to specialize and stuff and be like, this is what I want to really focus on and you know, everything like that. So yeah. But yeah. So, um, um, what made you want to get into chiropractic? Is that how you say it? chiropractic? Yeah, is chiropractic. It? chiropractic. So it's such a weird word. Yeah. yeah. When you so say it. it ends in tick. Yeah. Yeah. Chiropractic. Chiropractic. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I wanted to be, or 
growing up, uh, I've always, well, first off, I wanted to play in the NFL growing up. Uh, I had hoop dreams, for lack of a better <laughs> oh, word. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so I wanted to do that, but uh, life just didn't work out that way with everything that was just going on. and I didn't really have a lot of stability, so I didn't have a really good want or desire, no one driving me to kind of do it. Um, and I'm not the best self-starter in the world. So, um, so yeah, I, you know, that ended up not being a thing. And then I got really, I got a really bad concussion my junior year and I went to a chiropractor cause I was having neck problems after that. And I was 17 and I was like, Oh, my neck shouldn't do this. So I talked to my head coach and he's like, Oh, go to this chiropractor. I go to her and her name's Dr. Nikki Bechtel. So if anyone in Naples is listening and they need to Shout go to a chiropractor, she's the greatest chiropractor in the world. Right on. Um, 10%. Yeah. So I went to see her and then I just continued seeing her and I just like asked her a lot of questions and I've always ultimately wanted to help people. Um, I always, I've always felt best when I help people or, you know, do something that impacts a person's life. So that was my ultimate goal overall. Like I, if I made it to the NFL or whatever I was going to do is I was also always going to do whatever I can to like help the community that I lived in and like support the people who live there and like also help kids the most, especially mm -hmm. kids who have it way worse than I did, you know, growing up. So, um, I was looking to do something like that. And for a while I was like, Oh, I could do coding like you do. I was like, I'll be able to make really good money and I'll be able to do more things like in my spare time, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And then I was just like, I don't want to sit in front of a computer all day, you know, because again, I'm not, the best self, I'm not the best self starter. So yeah. I would get distracted really easily and stuff like that. That's so, ADHD. Yeah, it is. So that went away. And then I was like, oh, well, I can be an EMT. And then I looked at that as well. And that's like ridiculously competitive because you have a lot of military vets who come back and they're like, I'll be a firefighter EMT. And I was like, well, they need jobs. So that's just not go saturate that market more. Um, so then I was talking to her as I was thinking about, it, I was like, well, I can just become a primary care physician. I was like, I'll just go to medical school or I'll become a DO or, you know, something like that. And I was talking to her and she was telling me everything she did. And my, my biggest drawback from going to becoming a medical doctor is the prescri like prescription drugs, right? They're great, but there's a big problem with them right now, especially yeah. with, people trying to force you to make sure over people take them. Yeah. Over prescribing. Just, there's a lot of just like a lot of like over belief in what they can do mm -hmm. instead of looking at them as like a band aid, They want to look at them as like a solve all. A cure. Type. Yeah. And you yeah. can't just continually take medicine that blocks your body from doing its natural processes forever. So you heard it here folks. AJ is an anti-vaxxer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, uh, please go get vaccinated for polio and all other things. Um, he's also a part of QAnon. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Those are my brothers. <laughs> Save the kids. Yeah. Um, what is it? Moms? What is it? Uh, Mom, moms against proud boys. Yeah. Proud boys. Moms against <laughs> vaccinations. Moms for vaccinations. There's a group of moms for everything. Yeah. But, um, yeah. So, I was talking to her and she was like, well, you know what I do, uh, she's like, makes an impact on everybody's life and I don't have to prescribe any type of drugs or anything like that. So I looked into it more and it allows me to help people like regular people. It also allows me to help athletes cause I want to coach 
eventually, you know, to help kids, things like that. I want to coach football or basketball, whatever. So it allows me to do that, you know, work with athletes. It allows me to, I really enjoy rehabilitation, like for physical injuries, so physical rehab, but I didn't want to be a PT. You know, I didn't want to be a physical therapist because again, so many rules and guidelines and it's just structure that I don't agree with as a whole. Um, so she was telling me as a chiropractor, I can do all of those things and I set all of the guidelines for it. You know, obviously I have to follow a board, mm-hmm. you know, a chiropractic board and mm-hmm. I can only do certain things and stuff like that. But like in the sense of like doing rehab, um, I could change the type of rehab that we do with science. Whereas being like a PT and stuff like that, sometimes you have to wait for regulation to get passed in order for you to be allowed to do those things. So because what are, what are the, what are the, uh, you have to be like a certified, you could take a test in order to become a chiropractor. Like I have to take work? four board exams, just like doctors. And what, what are the minimum requirement? Like you have to have a certain amount of schooling to do yeah, that. So for the way chiropractor school is set up right now, you just have to have your, you just have to graduate. You just have to have okay. an undergrad degree. Okay. You can have an undergrad degree in whatever, mm-hmm. uh, and you can go there. Uh, there are prereqs, obviously. So you'd have to take a certain number of science classes and mm-hmm. things like that. But, like, you could come in as, like, someone who's a poli-sci major because, you know, you could. Mm-hmm. As um, long as you have the prereqs. Yeah, as long yeah. as you have the prereqs, you can go into the school. And, like, the school is not, like, a joke. So, like, my first semester there, I took 20, 24 credit hours. So in order to be to get admitted into the chiropractic school, mm-hmm. you had to have a college degree. Yes. Okay. Yes. And so how many years of chiropractic school do you have to go through? So it is a three-year and four-month – it's a five-year program jammed into three years and four months. Oh God. Yeah. Just for chiropractic? It's real, man. Saying. Yeah, dude, same with, like, optometry. Yeah. It was uh, four years of wow, lots mm-hmm. of training. That surprises me. I mean, in, in my opinion, obviously I'm not a doctor yet, so people will probably tell me to shut the fuck up, but it's a lot of bullshit as well, just like all schools. So bullshit in that it's stuff that you don't think you're going to use or bullshit in that stuff that you don't think is correct or. Yeah. So the biggest thing is like, so, um, like right now I'm taking biochem, but I'm being taught biochem by someone who is pretty sure 80 years old and he teaches biochem from the eighties. It's, it's not like, like if, before I, uranium was invented. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it was a lot earlier. Yeah. He's uh, like, fake news. So, yeah. So he, <laughs> but that's the way he teaches. Like he knows the biochem of today, but he just is like one of those people who are set in the way that he teaches. Yeah, yeah. sure. So I have to deal with that. And also like his questions on his tests, because there's a thing at my school that goes around that are called like ponies. So people will study past tests to get ready for current tests. Yeah, right. Um, and so he like gets upset about that. So he makes his questions like sometimes just straight up irrational. And then you'll be like, this question doesn't make sense. He's like, it made sense to me. And I was like, that doesn't mean anything because like no one understood this. Like tutors who tutor me in biochem don't understand this question. Yeah. So I have, you know, we have to deal with that. And also the biochem that we're learning is like good, but it'd be biochem for someone who is going to be a biochemist. Yeah. You know <laughs> what I mean? Yeah, totally. Totally. Yeah. It's so like it's, all the generalized courses uh, you have to take to get a biology degree. Yeah. And then you don't, and then you go on to not even study biology. Mm-hmm. You just 
become an orthopedic surgeon or yeah. something. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, yeah. I took I took chemistry and right. microbiology. Most yeah. I, mo- I've taken microbiology twice, and oh. I'm that class like. There's like a very very small percentage of all kinds of doctors that will go on and do research or invent things mm-hmm. or change procedures or whatever that need to know those things. Mm-hmm. And then 99% of the rest of them are doing surgeries or yeah. whatever or chiropractic do or whatever. Yeah, no, like as a new, like even if you were going to be a nutritionist, which is like heavy in biochem, the biochem that I'm like learning or that, you know, we're being, you know, taught is not what someone who's even going to be a nutritionist would use type of yeah. deal, right so so like it's just that it's just you know bureaucracy inside of a school system yeah like overall like do you, you just have to, have to jump through hoops and play the game in order to get to where you want to be do do you take um specific courses on chiropractic ch- chiropractic yeah so so my school the reason i chose my school is because uh a lot of the other schools i don't enjoy their philosophy uh, so my school is more into evidence-based. How many scientific. schools are there in the U.S.? So there's, there's uh, like four. There's like three to four life campuses. There's three to four Palmer campuses. There is, is that a company? No, well, Palmer no. is the is the founder of chiropractic. <sighs> we can talk about that too. Cause I, I, I want to. I want to. We'll, no, we'll we get more that, that is yeah. so bad. It's so bad. It makes That's the reason chiropractic isn't taken seriously. Okay, that so, and the medical, like, the uh, the medical association is also the yeah. reason chiropractic isn't taken serious. But so also, there's so life is what so life is a chiropractor school. So that life has a school in San Francisco. They have one in Georgia. Okay, and then they have I don't remember where the other one is. Oh, they have one down in Texas. They actually got hit by a tornado like last year, and it like oh, destroyed half their school. So uh-huh. let's talk a bit about the origins, and okay. then we can kind of yeah. to kind of get context so to this. We should mm-hmm. we should preface this by we're not attacking chiropractic or saying anything about it. I kind of will, but no, no, but I I think that we're trying, we're going like, we should bring up the controversy of it Mm. and because we want to hear your opinion and, and why either you think it's not true or bullshit or that you agree with it and why Mm. you're still okay with it, whatever. Yeah. So first, first question is when did you learn about the origin of chiropractic? Oh, we have a class on it. Really? Yeah. Okay. So we have a class on it that's one hour, and it basically just goes over the history of adjustments. So it talks about how people during various Chinese dynasties would do adjustments along with acupuncture and stuff like that. So like chiropractic's first thing everybody should understand is that it was not invented in Western society. It has been something that was invented in Eastern society. Uh, they've been adjusting people since like the 1100s. They've been doing things like this, which would, back then it was considered like bone setting type of deal. Um, and then it got brought over here by D.D. Palmer. Um, so D.D. Palmer was a very interesting character, right? Um, yeah. He was a little off his rocker, but if we're going to be honest, most people in history who have ever invented anything or started anything were pretty crazy. Sounds like a good excuse. Yeah. Um, so... <laughs> Yeah, he was he was crazy. So he he was someone who believed uh, in like magnets. So he thought like now that's people still need- that's still a thing today. Oh yeah, too. like those. Yeah. You guys remember those life brace- yeah. bracelets? Mm-hmm. That's just a magnet. I yeah. thought it was so, supposed to be radiation. Is that not the same thing? 
No, it's a magnet. It's, a it's like it's a, a magnet, magnet that helps like balance the electrolytes oh, yeah. and like things like okay. that. Like, it's bullshit. Yeah, yeah. it's it's a, yeah, it's a lot of pseudoscience. Um, but yeah, but this was also the 1800s, so bloodletting was still a thing, right? And doctors, like medical doctors, yeah, there was, I mean, medical medical doctors were subscribe uh, prescribing heroin. Yeah, like <laughs> all these. Well, they still a lot of yeah. yeah they nice. used to like I think so. That's the most important thing I think we should look at first is like chiropractic is still heroin? very very. What did you say? Morphine, yeah, it's like the sister of heroin. Yeah, they yeah. still prescribe that. Yeah. Um, anyway, sorry. No, you're good. <laughs> but chiropractic is still very new when you compare it to the medical field overall. So, like, mm-hmm. the first like documented like serious medical stuff was like the plague, right? They started doing it with the plague. You had the doctor who had the mask on. You know, they would just prescribe remedies. And they go, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, this will fix the plague because they had no idea what the fuck it was, right? Then they would also do things like they used to do surgery. And people used to just come in attendance and they used to never clean anything. And, you know, like it was just you had to figure out exactly like what you were doing. So there's just a lot of craziness that was happening. And that's the same thing that's happened at the beginning of chiropractics. Right. There's a lot of craziness that's happening. And there's still a lot of craziness that happens in the medical field, chiropractic field, any field you want to look at. There's a lot of craziness that happens. And it's just you we have to do the best to weed through the bullshit and find what's actually real. And that's why, you know, long story short, I chose my school is because they're very evidence-based and they trust science and they're very heavy into research. So my, I have a research assistant job with Dr. Norman Kettner, who is one of the best radiology techs in the world, or well, pretty much in America, to where he gets doctors who send him things and he looks over their x-rays mm-hmm. and tells them what's going on. So uh, research is important, which is a lot of things that weren't important at the beginning of chiropractics. And then okay. you had someone like D.D. Palmer, who the first time he gave an adjustment was to a janitor mm-hmm. who said he was not able to hear. So he brought him in and he pretty much did an adjustment in his thoracic spine, probably about T7. Uh, thoracic spine would be like mid-back for anybody who doesn't know. But he basically did it about T7, and he did that, and then the guy was able to hear. So then D.D. Palmer ran around, and then also that guy ran around and said he, you know, cured my hearing. Mm -hmm. Like, I can hear now. Jesus Christ. So he took that and ran with it, and then he had a son who was named B.J. Palmer. And B.J. Palmer also went into the family business. But B.J. Palmer also ran away from home first, and he went and joined a circus and, like, all this other stuff. And then he came back. And him and his father always had a very strained relationship, which is why he ran away. And then eventually he ran his father over with a car. Yeah. I and then, purpose? What? On purpose? Allegedly. Oh. Okay. Allegedly. Allegedly. Yeah. yeah, no, that motherfucker ran him over with a car. <laughs> like, I, I'll, I'll jump out on the limb for that one for you guys. Well, it seemed like he was trying to take over yeah. his dad's business, no, right? that's mm-hmm. exactly what he did. Yeah. They're like essentially he got his snake dad. oil salesman. Yeah, right? at the beginning, pretty much they yeah. were. And that's what also hurt them. But so then we move on and we get to so DD, he ends up like going down to like Texas because his like BJ didn't kill him. And he basically made him leave. And he's like, you can't practice chiropractics here anymore. So he like goes down to Texas and he's like practicing chiropractics and like all this other stuff. They make it a they try to make it a religion too, right? 
they like file for religious status in, in the yeah because that, that was that was more because they were trying to become like official and just not get shut down so uh yeah. maybe tax, they were trying tax to, reasons probably tax yeah. reasons yeah. yeah it was tax reasons too but maybe they were trying to start a cult these guys i tell they you they had right, like a manifesto yeah no, they're pretty they're pretty yeah. insane people like yeah. i'm not disagreeing with that yeah. at all but so then you have a person who is uh logan who's my school is named after and he was the first school to actually have um cadavers so you would come in and you'd okay. actually cut into bodies, learn how all bodies work from inside out, see what nerves, veins, everything look like. And I did that as well. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I've cut open the skull, took the brain out, saw inside all the maxilla, seen all the sinuses, everything like that, seen all the cranial nerves, everything. And so he was the first person to do that. So he, in my opinion, is the number one reason chiropractic is at where it is today because he was the first person to just cut out all of the bullshit and just try to get as fact-based as possible. Now, the reason it's really hard to get fact-based with chiropractics is when you have, like, a segmental dysfunction or you have any type of, like, you know, pain in your neck or anything like that, whether it's, like, muscle-based or anything like that, it's hard to take an x-ray sometimes and say, there's the problem, and then adjust it and be like, look, the problem's fixed. Because a lot of the times we're talking about like millimeters in difference that make all the difference. Because in your spine, all of your nerves that control your entire body run out of there. So if any time they ever get any type of like impingement or anything that would lead to them getting inflamed in any way, it's going to cause some type of problem. Whether it's my arms numb or man, this really hurts doing that mm. type of deal. Like whatever movement you're doing in any way, shape or form. Is going to lead to that, but it's been proven the not for everybody, of course, because not everything works for everybody, but just through patient accounts, period, people go to a chiropractor, they'll get adjusted in a proper, safe manner. There's crazy people out there still who are like the people who do ring dingers. What is that? So a ring dinger. Yeah, no, you can look it up right now. <laughs> Type in a ring dinger. I forget the doctor's name, but if you show me his picture, I'll be able to tell you who it is. But basically, he takes this Y strap, and it straps around your neck right here. Pretty much like goes like a chin strap here. And he'll take the handles here, and he'll yank you back. But he yanks you oh. back so aggressively that it actually can cause damage to your brainstem. Because he's a chiropractor who doesn't understand how the spine works and doesn't understand what causes brain damage and what doesn't. So, um, yeah, we're looking ooh. at that right now. That just, that's nasty. Anytime you like, so what he's do doing that with your neck that violently, yeah. that yeah. just doesn't seem like a good no, idea. No, like there's people in there and you, you, you could see overall they're taking the contact of like somebody who's playing in the NFL. Mm, who gets yeah. just straight blasted. Yeah. And they're saying that's a good thing. If you ever see somebody take their hands when they get knocked out and they go they go like this or they get into the Jesus Christ pose. Yeah. Right? So those are decerebrate and decorticate posturing. And that means that there's been brain damage. There's been brainstem damage. Okay. Mm. And it depends on where the level is because you have um you have the mesencephalon, pons, and then you have medulla, right? And that's how your brainstem goes. So anytime those get damaged, your body is going to give reactions because it just 
sending signals down, right? So when you see them do it, you may see some people and their hands will crinkle up like this, and that's because it's brainstem damage. Hmm. Now, well, all he's really doing is sp like spinal decompression. So it's actually a good thing, but instead of you doing a Y-strap so violently, you put the Y-strap on and you literally, you just give a little tug. You're not backing them up and trying to drag them off the table. Yeah. yeah. That's what he just did. Yeah. So, <laughs> okay. Yeah. No, it, it gets really bad. And like, I agree with you. And it okay. actually upsets me a lot. So, okay. So, I'm not saying I agree with this or I know anything about it. But, mm -hmm. like, if you were to just Wikipedia chiropractic, which most people who don't know what it is would mm -hmm. do, so this is what they're going to see. It's going to say that it's a pseudoscience, which mm -hmm. just means that it doesn't, like, the evidence doesn't. Uh, fall under how the scientific method would show what evidence is or whatever, something like that. Yeah, it's like um, probably more anecdotal support. Perhaps, evidence. or a different method that's not recognized by the majority of like uh, science community. Yeah, it's not recognized by the medical association. Right. So, um, so if you group chiropractics as a whole under pseudoscience, and then we hear you saying like, when you do this thing, um, it's bad. Mm -hmm. But if you do this, it could be good. Like, how how are you differentiating what is uh, potentially damaging to patients and what's not through science? And I don't mean that as like a dick response, but you well, do it through science. You have to. What do you mean by that? So you have to understand anatomy. Mm -hmm. You have to understand physiology, and you have to understand overall how bodies work in the positions that you set them in. So let's say that um, you have pain on the right side of your neck, okay? So the, we'll say you have pain in the right side of your neck and it's you have your spinous process, which is the point that's at the back of your um, vertebrae. Let's say that is pointing to the right, okay? Like it's moved over to the right. It's palpable. I can feel it. I could show a random stranger. You come feel this. You can see this is how a spine is supposed to be in line. You see this one right over here. It's moved over a little to the right, right? When you go to do that adjustment, you have to understand where you're placing your hands. You have to understand what you're adjusting. And you have to understand the position you're going to put that person's neck in. So if I was going to do that adjustment, I would have you here. I would take my first index finger probably to right about here in between my middle knuckle and my uh, ending knuckle. I would go right on to the TP or your transverse process or even the spinous process itself, depending on the overall position of it and how far it over. And the TPs are just basically the wings that are on your disc. So I don't know. I mean, on your vertebrae. I don't know if you guys have ever seen a vertebrae, mm -hmm. but it just has the body comes out with the, with the lamella goes out to the transverse process, comes down, goes into the spinous process. And the number one thing you check when you do a basic scan on anybody and you palpate them, which is feeling for any type of misalignments or any type of stiffness or tenderness or anything like that, the number one thing you're looking for is to make sure that the vertebrae are all in line. And if they're not in line, that's what you adjust. So if I was going to adjust your you know, C7 or C5, I would go in, get the knuckle in right there. I would take the left side of your head I would fold it over my hand to where your neck would pretty much be like this. And I'm going to just have a line of drive that is pretty much just going to be medial 
and inferior or medial and superior, depending on which way I need your disc to go. Yeah. Or your vertebrae to go. And then once I do that, it's going to relieve most of the tension that your muscles are feeling because your muscles are guarding the area that is having the problem to protect it. So it's telling your nerves, hey, this vertebrae is not in the proper place. We need to support. We need to have more muscle support on this side. So that's why you'll get like muscle tightness, not from working out, but you'll wake up. Now I have a crick in my neck type of deal. Gotcha. Okay. And so that sounds, that sounds, um, I mean, sounds like more of like an application. Like, mm-hmm. so, so what, what, what is it? You said that it's not widely accepted as like science by the medical community because it's, is it like not studied? No. So like the, what, what is the, I think what Wikipedia says is that the, um, the studies, not that it's not studied, but the studies that are done don't follow the same process that the medical community would would do um, for their own mm-hmm. operations, yeah. drugs, whatever. Well, no, and that's that's a true statement, and that's the number one reason, again, why I picked my school. Because my school follows the scientific method, which is you see a problem, and you're basically figuring out how to fix it in a strategic and safe and like healthy way, right? Without putting the patient in risk. Yeah. Whereas a lot of schools are more just you bring someone in, adjust them, and get them out the door when they don't realize that they could actually be doing damage. Yeah. So the same thing with me adjusting your neck. If I adjust your neck and it doesn't get better, I'm not going to adjust your neck again. That's like the number one mistake that you could ever make. Gotcha. Because yeah. if I adjusted it the first time, it's I didn't mess up. It didn't go because it wasn't go. It wasn't supposed to. So it means there's a deeper problem there. Whether it's you have a lesion somewhere. What's that? Like a lesion would be. So if you have a lesion on your brainstem, that's when you'll get people who, like people who stroke, and then you see them and they don't have full function of their arms or anything anymore. If you get a certain lesion in certain parts of your brainstem, it'll affect your body in other ways, such as like I can't move my fingers now, or they're stuck like this, or gotcha. you know type of deal, or you know, when someone gets paralyzed, that's a lesion on their spinal cord. So there's no longer a connection from your brain to those neurons that are going to give the signal to your body to what to do the correct way. So I, 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 I mean, I think or believe rather that, you know, chiropractic helps people. Mm-hmm. For, I mean, obviously people go and they feel better. Mm-hmm. So what is, what is what is stopping like Logan from... I guess supporting studies that would fall in line with like the medical practice oh, we, world to legitimize the the I guess the field of chiropractic. Uh, we already do. So we work alongside with Harvard, and we actually do a lot of seminars with Harvard. So the Harvard doctors will come on and talk for integrated health. So like Logan is really big into integrated health, which is instead of saying chiropractic is better than you know, the medical field, it's saying chiropractic wants to work with the medical field because that's the big problem. So the biggest issue is the medical association tried to get chiropractics disbanded. So DOs and chiropractics were separate entities. Why do you think that was? Because it's something that worked and people are greedy. I think. And also people are greedy in the sense that chiropractics wanted to be its own thing and the sole number one thing. And medical field wanted to be its own thing, sole number one thing. And medical field's been around a lot longer, so they had more power 
more, you know, just more control overall. And instead of chiropractors being like, we want to work with you. They're like, no, we want to be our, we want to be number one. And also you have people like Palmer yes. and, and, and whoever else mm-hmm. um, who are th- like, even in optometry, um, there's a, there's a, um, a field called uh, behavioral, I think it's just called behavioral optometry. And there, there is a specific school in the U.S., uh, optometry school in the U.S., who uh, kind of specializes in this, or a lot of the doctors there are part of it. Mm-hmm. And it's not based, like there's not much ev- medical-based evidence that it works. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like what Sarah would say is it basically just like there's maybe some things that work with it and that are good and that you can try. And, mm-hmm. and maybe for some people probably a placebo effect will, will, will be good, but, uh, but it kind of makes like, it can make that part, that part of the field, um, not look at as, as legitimate. So I th- probably in chiropractics, I mean, the, like you guys study the body anatomy, all that kind of stuff. So there's probably parts of it that are completely le- legitimate. Maybe they haven't been studied enough. Maybe mm-hmm. they have been studied enough, but there could be that there's just a lot of people um, who have put enough of like the foo-foo uh, mm-hmm. science or whatever into it that it makes the whole uh, organization look bad. Can you can you go to that guy's YouTube channel? Um, who is it? The Ringdinger guy. Um, is so, it a specific person? Yeah. If you type if you type in Ringdinger, was it an old dude with white hair when you saw him do it? I think so. Because he's patented the name Ringdinger. Oh, okay. Advanced Chiropractic Relief, LLC? Probably not. Maybe. Yeah, just yeah. type in the Ringdinger. Dr. Gregory YouTube. Johnson? I think that's him. Yeah. Let me see. Can I see a picture of him? I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. dude. No, no, you're no, good. good. Yeah, so, I just don't want to like put misinformation. The problem is, is what I'm trying to get at you know, is the problem is, is that dude has as many YouTube followers as he does. That's the problem. Damn. Meaning like... <laughs> Keep hitting that. Meaning he's... Pot, that guy? Him? Yep, that guy right there. So he's a bad guy he, in, in the field of legitimate chiropractic. Yes, evidence-based chiropractics. Okay. He's he's a problem for us overall. So he's a Palmer guy maybe, or no, maybe somewhere uh, in between. Yeah, so for chiropractics, you have conservative chiropractors, and then you have liberal chiropractors, and then you have what's considered mixers. So liberal chiropractors are people who only do things that are science-based conservative chiropractor that's are, what you want to do no I, uh most people hold on one sec so most people lean in the mixer side which is yeah i'm gonna do what i can that's evidence-based but sometimes you know certain things you like work so it's like it's the same thing with what he's talking about with like there hasn't been enough time and dedicated studies to show exactly how this works. So you think with enough time and money and mm-hmm. studies mm-hmm. that this could be proven to yes. be an effective science? Yes. Especially for people who suffer from neurological disorders. Okay. So such as people who have had strokes. So my neuroprofessor has, my neuroprofessor specializes in rewiring people's bodies. So chiropractics at its core is a neurological based um like it's a neurological based like system in science like everything you do in chiropractics functions entirely off of the brain because you're literally just dealing with nerves the entire time you're dealing with nerves and bones so if you don't understand the anatomy of the brain 
and you don't understand, which I don't fully understand yet because I'm still going to school and I'm probably never going to fully understand it like overall, but it's understanding how the brain works with the body and how the brain makes your body do things. Mm -hmm. Right. So if someone has a stroke and they're no longer able to flex their arm, chiropractics is the chiropractic I want to do is going to allow you to be able to flex your arm. Are you going to get a hundred percent of your mobility back? No, because you've done a lot of damage, but I'm going to do my best to help you build it back into where you can stretch your arm. What do you think? What do you think that person would resort to in terms of physical therapy? Um, like, are there other alternatives to chiropractic? Like if chiropractic didn't exist, what, mm-hmm. What would you, what would that person do to regain some of the well, mobility? Well, I mean, they would go to a PT, but I don't I don't know if you guys have ever been around people who've been through strokes or anything like that, or have talked to people who go through strokes. But PT doesn't PT, unfortunately, because it's so medically involved, insurance is involved a lot. So people who go to PT all progress at different rates. So if someone's not progressing very fast, but they only get three months worth of time, then they're just left and like just do these exercises and you'll be fine. Right. Type of deal, right? But as a chiropractor, I don't have to rely on insurance to be paid. I can have you come in and you give me $35 and I'll do everything that I can possibly do to make it to where I can make your life better. Right? I'm not beholden to insurance companies and everything like that like most medical fields are. You know, like, because if you... Which makes it even more sketchy, right? Because if the insurance company isn't supporting or paying out... That just delegitimizes oh, the no, field, no, no, right? no. It's not that in, an insurance in company won't pay out for it. Insurances do like will allow you to go to a chiropractor. They'll only yeah. give you a set amount of visits. That's true. My my insurance company actually does. Yeah. So, but the thing is, is I'm not reliant on insurance. If you wanted to go to a PT office just for physical therapy, it's going to cost you a lot of money per visit without insurance. Mm-hmm. I don't have to. Have You're cheaper. That. Yeah, I don't have to. Have why? That why? Why are you cheaper? Because I don't have to. I. They're PT companies are, I mean, people who do physical therapy, they have to code things, what they cost. So they can't, they can't just say, you know, because the insurance companies are involved. I don't get it. I mean, so insurance companies are involved and then also their prices are just set because that's what their code costs. So like they code in, I did this much therapy with this patient. That's what I did. This is what I have to be billed. Because Couldn't you need to pay me, you need to pay the facility that I'm in. Yeah, you need to pay the, you know, the, you know, everything like that. You have to pay all the, you have to pay part of all the overhead. You have to, you know, do all that. Why, why doesn't chiropractic follow the same model? Because it seems like it could. Because, again, being pretty much excommunicated, mm. they get stonewalled by insurance a lot. So okay. as a chiropractor, it's actually smarter right now to not even deal with insurance because you're just going to fight them for pennies. Yep. So it's just better you set your own price. They come inside, you do what you need to do, and then you move on. And a lot of chiropractors have x, a lot of chiropractors have X-rays in their facility. So like if you come in, you're like, I was just in a car accident. They'll shoot an X-ray. But if you come in, you're like, man, I'm just having some low back pain. I was working out, and now my back hurts. You know, this morning more than it ever has. They're probably not going to shoot an X-ray on you because that's a more common problem that's going to be able to be fixed by just their expertise. Because you don't have to check for fractures. Yeah. You know, depending on what's happening. Like if you, they come in and they're like, man, my back's hurting and it's radiating all the way down my leg. You need to get that person checked because they could have a disc problem in the sense of having 
a herniated disc or a fully collapsed disc or anything like that. So there's also, there's red flags just like anything. But if someone comes in and they're like, man, my back's just really, really stiff, you know, I can do something about that without having to see you on an x-ray. Yeah. But I think, so I think what the concerning thing is or could be, and I'm not saying, so I, I think in, in, uh, a lot of other fields, medical, dental, optometry, uh, doctors can do things that aren't the, like, even though they're allowed to do them, they may not be the best thing for you, Mm -hmm. but, uh, if if chiropractics doesn't have a specific like you were saying with P, uh, PT mm-hmm. they have to follow certain regulations and guidelines mm-hmm. based on the studies of this and that but with chiropractics if you have people who can do what just what they think is best mm-hmm. how how can you trust what's happening so for instance i have a chiropractic place uh, down the road from me that's offering you know some special on uh, cracking something mm-hmm. How do I know what's legit? Like, how do I? Well, I mean, I know that person's a, a chiropractor. Yeah, they have a degree in it. Mm-hmm. They got board certified, mm-hmm. whatever. But how do I know that they're that what the uh, the operations they're doing on me are the legit ones, or or you know whatever? Yeah. So, well, what's important to understand first and foremost is that like chiropractic studies are aggressively underfunded, and we're dealing with a battle against somebody who has over a hundred years of studies and things that have been published and just constantly being funded to where we're just now starting to do it for the last, like maybe 30 plus years to where they're actually doing real scientific studies. Mm -hmm. So the science hasn't come out yet to back up everything we're saying because studies take time, right? And they take money and they take people dedicated to do the research. There's, such a small percentage of people who are going to be chiropractors. So that means there's even a smaller percentage of people who are going to dedicate their life to doing research about it. Right. So you have to deal with that. And then there's just a lot of misinformation about chiropractics that's out there and the chiropractic field, chiropractic association, they're trying to do the, like the American chiropractic association is trying to do its best to, you know, get rid of that. But you have shows like the friends that were on the nineties and they said, Oh, did he earn his degree at a mall? type of deal. You know what I mean? Yep. Those things get deep seated into people's minds. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So then you have things like Wikipedia who say that it's all pseudoscience and things like that. But mm-hmm. I, you know, I'm not going to do that, but I could pull up studies that are from actual legitimate regular databases that every medical school student would use that are going to show you chiropractic evidence stuff. I could also just show you stuff that I've gotten from Dr. Kettner that is also it too. It's just it's not being widely published yet because it's so new, right? Yeah. So yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. And so, how as a consumer do I protect myself? Because because you even said like someone who might go to a Palmer school may mm-hmm. do more of the less uh, evidence based stuff. So how do I know, um, like, if you open your practice mm-hmm. or work for someone or whatever you end up doing, that you're get the guy who's gonna do the good portion of chiropractics well the number one way is to make sure that they never do anything that you feel uncomfortable with so a lot of chiropractors will do what a lot of just people do in general where they're like i know it's excuse me i know it's best so just let me do it you know whatever so that is the number one red flag you know don't go in there sounds like you may be in a situation where it's too late 
like if I go into Miles's oh. office and now mm-hmm. like just do your thing, he's like, okay. By the time he's like yanking on my neck and twisting <laughs> no. it, I'm like, okay, this doesn't seem like it's the right. No, no, no. If it's yeah. your if it's your first visit, sure. right? And a chiropractor yeah. is not explaining every step of the process with you, he's mm-hmm. already failed you, and you okay. should just leave. Okay, like just get out. Also, look for like fear tactics. So a lot of people will be like, if you don't get adjusted right now, it's going to be a problem. Like if you don't do it right now. I had a doctor who is a teacher at my school. He teaches. He teaches the principles of chiropractics, right? And one of my fellow students went into his office. I didn't say he was a student. Went in with his wife, and he used the word you. Ha- he used the phrase "you have a cattywampus spine." Oh my god! All right. Now you're in Missouri, so like, I can understand you thinking that's like okay things to say because some of the people you deal with in Missouri or country, mm-hmm. that would be a word they understand. That's totally fine. But the problem was everything after, uh, everything he did was very like fear-based. He's like, if you don't get this, you know, started working on right now, it's going to end up being like a big problem. It's going to cause you more issues over and all, like overall, like all those stuff. That's not how you need to approach anybody as a chiropractor. If you came into my office and you were, you know, unsure about what I was going to do, I was like, okay, look, I'm not going to adjust you today. But what I am going to do is I'm going to put you so, through some like physical rehab things to make you feel better. I'm going to have you stretch and I'm going to give you some stretches. You go home. If that makes you feel better but doesn't make this fully go away, come on back and we can keep working on it without me actually manipulating your body in any way where I have to put my hands on you in a way that you don't feel comfortable, right? <clears throat> so that that's number one. But yeah, the, the fear tactics. And then number two, if a chiropractor is ever like, oh, let's just get you set up on a 12-week plan, just walk out immediately because okay. that's garbage. Okay. Because... Like you said, he's not a genius and he's not God. So he's not going to be able to tell that, you know, you come to me three times a week for 12 weeks. So after your 48 adjustments, you're going to be fine. Mm. Doesn't work that way. You don't even probably need like 48 adjustments. Right. And that's just him trying to make as much money off of you as possible. Okay. And it's just a shitty sleazy business practice. If you graduate um, from Logan and you take your boards, Mm -hmm. Um, and then another guy graduates from the Palmer school. Is he taking the same board exam? Mm-hmm. It's all regulated. What Just like if any, it's all regulated by, you know, well, government standards yeah, and everything. So there's the board. What did you call it? The board of American. Yeah, so there's a, there's the American chiropractic association. It's the okay. same thing as the American medical association and they oversee and regulate everything that goes on with boards. And then that's also regulated and backed by the federal government. And then also backed by state governments. So in different states, you can do different things. So in states where you're going to be in rural, more rural communities, you some chiropractors also get the okay to um, set dislocated bones and also like do minor surgeries in the sense of like stitching. That that would be considered like a minor surgery. I'm not saying they can cut you open and mm-hmm. stuff, but yeah. mm-hmm. if you need to get stitches, they can do that so you don't have to drive. Yeah, you know, four hours to get to a hospital. Type of deal. Are you gonna be? Are you gonna be able to do that? It depends on where I go. Yeah. Uh, we want to. We're looking into Washington pretty heavily, and they allow that. Right. But that's cool. Do you, I don't know if I'll live in a rural area enough to do that. So you have to take a test for each state, right? After that, 
Yeah, so or whatever so, state you're going to be in. No, so there's four boards that you have to take, mm-hmm. and then some will require extra te- uh, right. extra yeah. tests. Optometry does that you. as well. Yeah. So that's like some opto- in some states, optometrists can actually do some surgeries that ophthalmologists can do. Yeah. Where the medical doctor of eyes, um, but I think it's very very much for a similar reason mm-hmm. because there are some communities where there aren't enough ophthalmologists mm-hmm. or surgeons who can do those more minor surgeries yeah. so people can get specialized in them. Yeah. And so like that, that stuff's helpful and everything like that. But yeah, everything that chiropractors do, uh, you know, testing wise and everything that is regulated the same way that it is for medical boards. Hmm. So Washington, what, uh, what appeals to you? Well, we want to be on the West coast, okay. but we're not going to, the hellfire that is California. Uh, yeah, anyone, to, is anyone it. actually moving there right now? Dude, I, I know. I, um, my friend Natty, I think, just moved there from New for York. A job, though. That's a yeah, terrible, for a job, terrible time to move. But like figuratively and literally, that place is just like <laughs> on fire. It might be a yeah. really good time to move there, or maybe not yet. But the rents uh, in real estate are going to be so no. cheap. No, once all these people move out of there, that homeless problem is going to start to become a real issue. Like squatters, like all sorts. Like L.A. specifically, they're in for like 10 plus years of trying to get this homeless situation under control, especially now that everybody's moving out. Well, yeah, and I've heard like if you, especially with like YouTubers or podcasters who a lot of them live in L.A. Mm -hmm. or the surrounding area, if if you followed them for the last few years... They, they they start talking about like you can there I guess there's a, a big noticeable different in the la- difference in the last few years of the homeless issue in LA and how bad it's gotten. Yeah, I mean I'm sure you guys listen to Joe Rogan and he talks about it all the time like the tent cities how they're just growing and growing and he's mm-hmm. like going downtown he doesn't like doing it because you know he brings his kids and there's just people in tents on the side of like where he's trying to go into a restaurant. Yeah, yeah. I think it, I don't. It's not. It's certainly really bad in L.A., but it's not a a problem exclusive to L.A. Oh yeah, um, of course not. No, it, it's just yeah. a, it's our it's our economy failing us. Oh yeah, so yeah, it's yeah, the, yeah, We have it here too, right? It's yeah. it's going to be anywhere that has those type of lot those protections. Uh, it's basically like the if you put your stuff in a public area, they the can't police can't it. remove it. Yeah, and that's what causes that yeah. issue. Yeah. They, they, that that's why like Florida hasn't dealt with this as extremely as everybody yeah. else because in Florida, if you do that, you can get in trouble and you get in trouble mm-hmm. enough, then you end up going to jail and things like that. And obviously, that's not the solution. That's straight not what I'm to saying. jail. Yeah, yeah, straight to jail. <laughs> straight to jail. Yeah, I mean, like Florida, Hugo Chavez. Number one. <laughs> All these states have these problems, um, yeah. and I yeah. and like I think the states that give more protections have more of the problems mm-hmm. because if you were homeless and you were protected in California or Colorado when you, when the, you well, moved no, there? That was yeah, that, yeah. travel there. I mean, South Park made an episode about it, number one. But number mm-hmm. two, like everyone's destination, if they're homeless people, was to go to L.A., right? Or just California in general because they were that was the first state to like protect them. And yeah. Protecting them is obviously important because they need it. But you're just protecting them and kicking a can down the road and dealing with the problem at a later date. Yep. And now it's not being handled at all. And I just mean that, like, with everybody leaving, if people keep leaving in the amount that they are, the homeless people are just going to take those houses over. And then not only are you going to have to deal with the fact that everybody left, but now you're going to have to fix these houses before you can even sell them, like all this other stuff. And 
again, it just doesn't fix the problem. It's just going to get worse. Yeah. You, I mean, I, I, you have to think at a certain point what the, what the homeless issue has done in LA to the economy. Yeah. Like the cost of it on the economy. Could they have spent that money on, on a better solution? Oh, absolutely. For the homeless. So where we now don't have that issue. Um, and like homeless people have a better life or something. Yeah. You know what I mean? Kind of like the, the whole thing of like, uh, all the other, uh, things we have in society to, um, like addiction centers, public addiction centers or whatever, things like that. Um, that, that basically try to stop a problem from happening. (laughs) Um, we have, uh, the, the wonderful, Harley, right? Yeah, Harley. Yeah, in the yeah, house. Sorry, everybody. The, the chewing <laughs> noise was. And she's a dog. very wonderful uh, dog. Thank you. Um, First dog on the podcast. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. but yeah. she was she was a little hungry. Yeah, making a little noise, but it's yeah. okay. Yeah, she was. She's a good girl. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, she is. Yeah, yeah. She's licking herself. That's great. That's great. <laughs> now we get the nasty sounds. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway, yeah. So I think that that it was definitely poor planning on the parts on the part of these cities. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I mean, people have to, people have to agree that they're going to fix the solution to begin with. If your government just decides we're going to spend all this money to fix the homeless problem, mm-hmm. you're going to have so many people complaining about it. Yeah. And I mean, and, and I now think, you have people complaining about that. Now there's a homeless problem. Yeah, no. And I, I think the, the number one way you fix the, the homeless problem or where you should start is you should look at countries like Portugal and like Switzerland and those are places that we're dealing with uh, like a bunch of street um, delinquents yeah delinquents overall to, because of drug problems right so like mm. they had massive drug issues so like Portugal legalized all drugs and then they made safe injection sites and they made it to where you can show up and you can get whatever drug you'd like the government supplies it so it's safe it's clean they'll inject it for you and then you can go on about your day. Oh yeah. And they went yeah, no organs going to start doing. Yeah, and they went oh, they went from having over like 40 or half percent of their population um, being addicted to drugs to now it's like in below 10. Mm-hmm. For both places. Yeah, drug drug use is a is definitely a problem. It can lead to homelessness. But I think the bigger issue is probably mental illness. Yeah, um, but mental illness will also lead to your drug use. Totally, it's and like it's it's real. It's make relatable. you crazy. Yeah, drug you like if you smoke crack, especially crack that's been cut by people who use baking soda to make it go longer. The good stuff. Yeah, put all of <laughs> put all of these harsh chemicals in instead of giving you like clean, pure, and like you know safe, you know mm-hmm. drugs. Then it's going to lead to your mind falling apart. There'll be people who aren't don't have any mental illness issues such as schizophrenia, anything like that, and they'll just abuse. Uh, psychedelics or those abuse cocaine or crack or anything like that and then eventually their mind will just become so warped that they mm-hmm. now suffer well, from this it. actually remi- this reminds me I wanted to bring this up a little bit earlier but I think now is a good time uh, I know like fentanyl and uh, other uh, very addictive drugs have been an issue like in the Midwest and we talked about how your family or some of your family and friends mm-hmm. were addicted to drugs in Nebraska yeah um, and I was wondering since you have still have family there mm-hmm. do you see that issue there oh yeah um, 
So my sister has pretty much been addicted to every drug, every major drug that you could imagine. You know, meth, cocaine, crack, heroin, name it. She's pretty much probably done it. Hmm. And, and she's probably done it in excess. And now she's just dealing with a raging alcohol problem because she doesn't deal with her issues either. But there's a problem. So here, I'll give a good story so we can, I'll give a funny story so we can lighten up the mood overall. Okay. So when I was living in Nebraska, so like I did shrooms back in Florida quite a lot. Uh, well, not quite a lot, but like a, more than enough. you pick them off of than, the farms? Yeah. Nice. Yeah, more than <laughs> enough that a kid should do like in high school. Yeah. And so I, I've done, I did shrooms probably like four or five times in Naples before I moved to Nebraska. You can't get shrooms in Nebraska. Why is that? Because they can't grow there. They don't have the climate for it. Interesting. And you can't ship them because by the time you ship them, they'll spoil. Interesting. Right? So, well, at least pretty much like that's it. It, it would just cost too much and be way too much of a pain in the ass to ship them, right? Okay. But maybe now it's a little bit different, but Fair. back in like 2008 it was. And also, I was a kid, so like I wasn't about to get like the highest quality mushrooms you possibly could. So my friends were like, oh, we have some mushrooms and like we would like to do them. And I was like, well, I've done mushrooms before. So yeah, let's just like do it together. We'll just put on some cartoons and we'll just have a good time. So we did the mushrooms and we were sitting there and we were watching like Ed and Eddie or SpongeBob or just something. And then I like got a text from somebody and I looked at my phone and I realized the time and my aunt niece, my brother's mom, wanted to have dinner that night. And I forgot about it. So I started to like panic because it was like 10 minutes until we were supposed to have dinner. And I was like down the street from my house, but it was like a couple blocks away. So I just like get up and like run out of the house and I'm just running, like hauling ass down the street. And as I'm doing this and I'm just running and I'm running, and I'm running. Everything around me starts to like make noise. And then all of the bushes, the lamp posts, everything like that turn into animals. And all they keep saying is, We're gonna get you. Damn, how much mushrooms did you take, my yeah. my friend? It wasn't it wasn't They were Nebraska some, mushrooms. It was yeah, so, good sure. Yeah, yeah, so I I'm I'm running and my heart is racing and I'm hearing, you know, we're gonna get you, we're gonna get you. I've fallen like three times at this point. And I could just imagine what other fucking people are seeing, like looking out their window, just like on their porch. Just like, what the fuck is this fat white kid doing right now? So I get there and like I open the sliding or I open the screen door and I like burst the door open, right? Because I'm just freaking out so much. I open the door and they're not home. And I'm like, oh my God, thank God. Like, I'm so happy that they're not home. So I run into my room and the room I was staying in, because it was a really small house, was probably like a little bit bigger than like a jail cell. So I had a bed a computer and like a TV and then this small dresser that I had all my clothes in. And I go into the corner of the room where the dresser is and I'm just sitting there like fucking panicking, sweating. And you know, I'm just in the corner and like, I hear all the things outside just saying, we're going to get you. And then everything stops. And then I'm like, Oh, okay, cool. And I open my eyes, but everything in my room is gone. I don't have a mattress. I don't have any of my stuff. And I was just like, what the fuck is happening? And then the next thing, the house starts to rumble. The roof rips off. A giant red hand reaches in with like a laugh. I shit my pants. The trip ends. And I go to the bathroom and I clean myself up. Dear God. 
I'm 90% positive that was LSD. <laughs> because yeah. if you take LSD and you get your heart rate up, it's going to make you start to see crazier shit. Start to trip a little harder. And then yeah. I did find out that what they do for shrooms in like Midwestern areas is they will just take mushrooms from the store cook them in an oven and lace them with LSD. Nice. <laughs> Simulate mushroom yeah. experiences. Yeah. yeah. So you're getting an entirely uh-huh. different high because mushroom is all like this mind high, like everything's fun and chill and you take LSD, it's a fucking body high <laughs> and you wake up the next day and you're like, I don't want to move anymore. <laughs> shit in your you pants. Know? Yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> So yeah, so I shit my pants and I went and, you know, cleaned myself off and then they came home and like, oh, we're sorry, we, you know, we got hung up at work. And I was like, it's fine. I'm just going to go sleep for a week. Yeah. <laughs> What a, did you? I want. Did you have like a bad hangover from that? What? How does? Yeah, that it was like work? a. It was. It was like a three day thing where I yeah. just was like not right. Like, uh, yeah. you know, uh, Friday. Have you seen Friday? Yeah. yeah. Where Smokey's kind of like has that twitch. Yeah. Like I kind of had a pretty similar like thing oh, no. to where I thought thing was like on my shoulder and stuff oh, like that. God. So like, when is this gonna go away? Yeah. It's day three. Yeah. <laughs> so and then like yeah, by like day three, I started to feel a little bit normal and like my appetite was back and like stuff like that. But yeah, like that shit fucked me up. Nice. My friends were like, no, nah, man, we had like a great time. We just felt like kind of <laughs> yeah. crummy the next day. And I was like, those are not shrooms that I've ever had before. Yeah. So nice. I took too much, man. Yeah. Wow. So, yeah. So, but yeah. So drug just going problem. off of what you're saying, that that is also the drug problem there too. And that's how mm-hmm. fentanyl becomes an issue as well, because people will just lie. Mm-hmm. Be like, yeah, no, this shit's all pure, baby. Mm-hmm. Here you go. And it's just yeah. like, thanks. I took half a snort and I'm dead. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. yeah it's a problem. Yeah, that's a problem. I think yeah. we need another another round of war on drugs. Let's go. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> you guys want to talk about Reagan? Not <laughs> <laughs> Reagan. Yeah, yeah, let's go down that wormhole. Yeah. Um. Well, thanks for being on, man. I yeah, really man. appreciate you sharing um all the things that you've said. Um. Yeah. It, like I said in the beginning, like um, you have some pretty crazy stories, and I have I have many more. Um, so if I ever come back, I'll yeah, we'll have we'll have you on. We can again. deep dive into my life, and we yeah. can dissect it. For sure, we'll dissect it. We'll yeah. figure out what's wrong. We'll yeah. we'll like bring out a box of tissues. We yeah. can have you break down and cry. <laughs> oh, I probably won't cry, um, but yeah, uh, well, we can do okay. it. Well, yeah. maybe it's power podcasting. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I talk about my life quite a lot. So is is Russell still it's around? Like, yeah, he's right over there. Hello, Russell. Hey, buddy. Are you alive? Hey, man. Hey, you wanna you wanna hop on for like five minutes? Yeah. He's sleeping. He's he's like, he drove a lot. Well, yeah, AJ. Time. Yeah, AJ. Uh, for real, it was awesome talking with yes. you. Thanks yeah. for talking about the chiropractic stuff. Yeah, yeah we really uh, appreciate it. Really informative. No disrespect at all no, no, to yeah. what cool. you're doing. Once I get uh, finished more with like school, and once I become a full chiropractor, and I finish yeah. most of the things that I want to do and learn everything. I will have a more scientific discussion with you guys. But right now, we'll have you back. Yeah. I just don't know enough, and I'm just going to sound like a fucking idiot. No, no. One needs no. That, I think so. I think you did a, a really good job defending yeah. I, uh, I, a lot of. I was uh, really, really uh, interested in seeing how you would react and seeing what kind of um, counter arguments you could bring up, mm-hmm. and they were they were good. Oh, I, well, thank you. I, th- I think it was uh, like people will enjoy it. Yeah, yeah. The, and like yeah, like 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 you said, there there's just a lot of. Um, a lot of like misinformation, mm-hmm. and well, not misses, but just a lot of like, I guess statements, stigma. yeah, stigmas, it's just yeah a huge stigma. stigma. There you go. Yeah, about it being a, a pseudoscience, and you know, Palmer's a crazy lunatic. Yeah, you know, <laughs> so probably does a lot of mushrooms. Oh, quick question mm-hmm. about Palmer. Yeah, he um claims in his like 
memoir auto autobiography that the science came to him through a seance yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like with the ghost and the yeah, ghost it like... didn't i i mean in my opinion it didn't come to him through a seance uh so like back in his time that was when a lot of uh like Chinese people were coming. Okay, so he working. probably got it from one of them. They were, they were working on railroads and stuff like that, but as most, you know, I don't want to like do that, but as most white men will do, they'll try to claim something as their own. Yeah, reappropriation. Appropriation. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. you know, Book of Mormon style. Yep. So he tried to do that, and uh, yeah. But I'm sure he met somebody, because he was a, he was a magnet dude, so it's pretty much a snake yeah. oil salesman. So he yeah. would just go around people, and like if he could get money from you to do what he was doing, then he would do it, yeah. you know? So I'm sure he talked to people who were from China who probably spoke, who learned English enough to talk to him about it and yeah. was like, this is what I used to do back. Yeah. He's like, oh, from. you have a bad back problem, Mr. Palma? Yeah. He's like, I Let can show you, you what out. I can do. Yeah. He's like, this is great. I'm going <laughs> yeah. with this shit. Yeah. So I'm going to go make someone it? here. He's a ghost. <laughs> yeah. Cool. All right. All right. Russell. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, hey, Russell, what are you uh, doing? Vomited on him. Looks yeah. <laughs> like. Russell has the most adorable sweater on I right love now. The sweater. <laughs> a little sweaty. Jesus Christ! <laughs> it's the water work. Wipe it on your sweater. Are you are you wearing that the whole week? I'm wearing this sweater every day. Nice. <laughs> hey, so when uh, we decided to go skiing, I was like, I 1,000 percent need to wear this sweater <laughs> in the ski lodge. This is this is the yes, ski lodge sweater next to the fire. Yeah, right on the, like the the awesome. bear pelt. I'm yeah, just gonna lay there. Awesome. Exactly. No pants, <laughs> just the sweater. So, how do you think you're gonna do uh, on the mountain skiing? Oh, I'm gonna do terribly. Yeah, it's gonna be a freaking nightmare. Have you been? Have you ever been skiing? Or I snowboarding? have never been skiing. I've never been sk- snowboarding. I've barely been in a city where it snows. Like, I I might have been somewhere where it snowed for like a day, and then like I was like on my way out. Like uh, last time I was here, yeah, my yes. airport. Well, my airport. <laughs> <laughs> I'm drunk. Russell <laughs> International. <laughs> <laughs> When we were leaving, it was raining, I mean, uh, snowing. I was like, I gotta get out of here. Yeah. So went back yeah, to right. the south. It's um, snowing in Atlanta, or it did it? It did right? snow, um, and I didn't realize that because I was in Florida. And then when I got back, I was like, Oh, I had a layover in Atlanta on the yeah. way to St. Louis to meet up with AJ, and I heard a guy in the, ho- uh, the airport bar being like, Yeah, it snowed here the other day, and I was like, <laughs> The hell? Yeah. <laughs> what? You were like, Wait, I flew into Colorado. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, Oh man. <laughs> But yeah, no, I'm I'm pumped for the ski trip, man. I just, did you can you GoPro this, please? Because I, I need to see footage of you. I you know what? Let me borrow a GoPro and <laughs> I'll do that for you. Wow, this is really low budget trip, isn't it? Uh, <laughs> you got to go with seven GoPros. Uh, I just see you with like two like sticks like, going down the mountain. Hey, it's your boy Russell. I'm gonna have a guy ski next to me with like a mic boomstick. <laughs> <laughs> just like a perfect audio down the mountain. Nice. So are you gonna get lessons or like some kind I think, of instruction? So AJ was telling me that the package for it is like partially like it could include like a 30 minute like beginner's course mm. and i was like you know our other buddy will who's coming with us he's like i don't need it and he's like nice. he's never like <laughs> been out of florida in like i don't know 15 years yeah. so classic uh, florida man yeah <laughs> he's just like i do whatever I want. so pro tip from someone who's gone two times yeah. just get the fuck up there and just go down yeah that, don't do that. <laughs> Wait, avoid the trees. That's all you got to know. Wait, so you don't 
You just go down? Yeah. You just yeah. Go wow. Down. Yeah. I, I, just thought, it's pretty much vertical. You yeah. just get I thought to the it was top. more like just like perpendicular to the mountain. No, you just no, kind of no, go no. out. So you in, some, in some places. Um, <laughs> some places. Yeah. It's like if you're in Australia, it's the opposite way. <laughs> yeah, you, know. you know, upside down. Well, yeah. because the, yeah, because the, they're on the bottom of the earth. So it would go upside down. You know what I mean? No. Can you, can you actually, we're going to need a globe. In the southern <laughs> hemisphere, does the water spin the opposite way in the toilet when it flushes? I think it, I think does. it does. I think people were like, oh, well, if you're on the equator, just go straight down. Like, that's not a thing. <laughs> like, How do you know? It goes back and forth. The equator, back and Has forth. anyone ever been to the equator? No. What, what's on the equator? Nothing. There is no One part of Africa. This is a flat earth. <laughs> We're living in the oh, flat society. Here. Exactly. Split it the other way. <laughs> right down the middle. Just because it's flat doesn't mean it has some two, a third dimension there. True. Good point. So I, I've heard like Jackson Hole is like kind of like a richy area. You is know, that... I've, I've got a buddy who, um, I'm just like going through the edge. I'm just like, yeah, I got a buddy who sells uh, whale oil. It's, yeah, yeah. it's just like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but he's a, uh, He's originally from Oregon, and he goes skiing all the time. And he's like, Jackson Hole is like one of my favorite places. And this guy is a guy I work with, and he's always like in North Face jackets and like <laughs> top end stuff. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> he drives like this super super nice Mustang. <laughs> like you always see in the movies, it's like uh, the rich guy and the CEO or CEO and the private jet. We're gonna stop in at Jackson Hole on the way over. <laughs> hit the and, slopes, yeah. You know. Hit the slopes. I think so. it's. I mean, I think you can compare it to like Aspen or something. Yeah, you know? I guess so. That's it's true. just yeah. it's it's not super easy to get to, mm-hmm. um, and so there's a lot of people, wealthy people, who have homes there. And there's a lot of they'll wealthy just fly people to the travel there. Airport there, like yeah. in Aspen, they yeah. do have an airport right there. You can fly from Denver to Aspen. It's like a thirty minute ride. It's pretty nice. Really? Oh yeah. wow, that's that's not bad at all. Yeah, so I, I'm just like I, I'm having this picture of Russell on the mountain in the stereotypical '80s movie, like <laughs> like we, we've been Johnny Tsunami this like whole trip. We were just <laughs> yeah. like we got to plan it. It's like we should probably snowboard because like it's more you know it's more like Johnny Tsunami. Yeah. Um, but, Shred the gnar. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Are you snowboarding? Huh? Are you snowboarding? We might, you know, I just, I don't know. People tell me that like snowboarding is like a much steeper learning curve than yeah. skiing. And so yeah. I'm like, I want to have, if I'm going to be there and spend all this money, I bought this fucking ski jacket, mm-hmm. ski pants. I'm getting yeah. the long johns. I even bought those little fucking foot warmers, like the hot hands. Oh yeah. But you yeah. put them in, you know, foot insoles and they wouldn't even let me take, I had to, I have to rebuy them though, because they didn't let me put them on the plane. I had them in my no. carry on. They're like, these have gels and they made me throw oh. them away. They caught it through the scanner. Yeah. And everything? They were like, yeah, what the hell's in here? And I was like, PlayStation. Yeah. <laughs> Please. <laughs> yeah, and I was just like, cool. It's like always the one brown guy, always getting picked up at Fort Myers Airport. But uh, they were, you know, they were nice about it. They were just like, yeah, you can check this whole bag. And I'm like, is it free? And they were like, no. It was like, just toss them there like five bucks. I'll get new ones. Yeah, honestly, like um, uh, the boots really do a good job of insulating. So I never find that I need to add any of that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, depending on how cold it is, and if it's there's if it's wind, maybe one yeah. on your chest, maybe some in your gloves, depending on how much of a bitch you are. <laughs> um, my my Oregon buddy was literally was like, if you want the foot warmers, you're not a pussy. Trust me, it's like <laughs> totally worth it. It feels great. You love me. Yes. Did yeah, you get I wool guess. socks? I did. I got like like special insulated socks. Uh-huh. You know, I made sure to get like, you know, I forgot it was like. 
they have like weird measurements for like waterproofness that I didn't know about. It's like, oh yeah, this handle's like ten thousand millimeters or whatever. I didn't it's like know that. it's not millimeters, like mm. I don't know what it means. Just like, uh, mommy, my mommeters. <laughs> mommy, that's just mommy. something that they invented to sell higher cost. Yeah, right. yeah. Well, that's it. Yeah, and so but I found someone on Amazon and stuff. Uh, AJ, you know, he's he's the kind of guy who like will just see something and it's like, okay, that looks good and buy it. Yeah, and nice. he bought some gloves, some mittens, uh, ski gloves. And he put them on and he was just like, slid them on and they immediately broke. (laughs) And we look it up and he's like, dude, this has 10 reviews on Amazon. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, I don't buy anything with less than a thousand reviews at all. (gasps) Oh, damn. That's a pretty high bar. Yeah, well, you know, I'm a a savvy shopper. I Um, kind of agree with that because there's a lot of times there's so many of the same product. Yeah. And then you find one with like 300 reviews and you're like, why would I buy this? Yeah, I mean, you'd think that, I mean, Amazon does kind of do that. I mean, like, I'm sure you would know that because, you know, in the back end, you know, they, when they do those like recommended things, it's also based off of like your own cookies and your own like ID, online IDs. Uh, I'm not going back into my podcast and talking about like <laughs> yeah. tracking tape. Let's talk more about economics. <laughs> uh, but it's like you think there'd be like a most clear way of like, okay, let's weight the scores by the amounts. You know, it's like the amount of scores that are there. You yeah. know, because it's like, you know, one review that's five stars is nowhere as important as five stars with 5,000 reviews. You mm-hmm. know, that's true. Mm-hmm. Have you ever, have you ever bought anything and it's come like the next day or uh, the same day? Oh, no. I don't think I have either. <laughs> oh, goodbye. Yeah. It's, always, it's always next day. I don't think I've ever gotten Yeah, I don't think I've day. ever gotten the same day. Have you guys ever, like, are the drones a thing here? or like? No, I think they just got approved by the FAA, uh-huh. but they actually haven't started utilizing them. I don't think. Oh. Hmm. Yeah, they just Because, like, moved. everybody makes fun of the drones, like, you know, South Park and, like, yeah. all those, you know, Family Guy, all these shows. And it's like, I've never seen a drone. I'm starting to think it's a conspiracy <laughs> ever okay. no, drones. Yeah, no drones it's like walmart just like this is their like attack ads yeah. <laughs> they're like yeah look how stupid these drones are get your shit it's out of our store have you, seen, mortar. have you seen the videos of like the football field of just all drones and then they all lift up and they do synchronized uh, yes. night light shows oh yeah yeah i've yeah. seen those I can't imagine. Like, who did, did who they is- use that at the Biden's like election uh, victory thing? victory thing? I yeah, know. I watched well, we can't that. Really say and- it's a victory yet, guys. Come on, <laughs> yeah. it's controversial. <laughs> true, true. Okay, I'm yeah. sorry. Trump alleged yeah. victory. Yeah, alleged victory. <laughs> um, yeah, they had. I thought they were fireworks at first, but they were just way too perfect to be fireworks. Yeah, I'm this getting. I'm getting notes from my manager that we need to call it quits. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think we're we're getting paid for the ex- this extra time. Oh man, sorry, I didn't mean to. No. Wait, did Delta cancel the 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 ad ad yeah. revenue? Are we, are we getting demonetized by having Russell on? Hey, well, you know, I'm you a, an agent provider. I got a lot of hot takes, so people don't really want to back. You know. <laughs> All right, I guess we'll you know. I guess we'll wrap it up. Thank yeah, you, Russell, good. for being no, on. Thanks, Russell. Short yeah. Time. yeah, of course. Thanks I, for I love co-hosting these little, for like these a little minute. mini episodes. Yeah. Should do these more often. All right. Thank you, everybody. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Until next time, adios.